Hello, Hanyaks. Welcome. Well, it's too loud. Welcome back to the Rambling Viking Podcast. I am hot on this levels. Uh, your favorite podcast. It's technically Monday when they're listening to this. That's always trippy. Sometimes um, it, when I don't record on the day, it throws me. But welcome back. We have our second second chair today. We got Caleb with us. We're going to be testing this out. We're going to be talking with him. Should be a good time. It's pretty funny. We have a good time talking, and it's like, let's just record this now. So welcome, Caleb. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, time to put you on the spot. Do you listen to my podcast? Uh, I've listened to some. <laughs> do, do I listen to it every day? Uh, I played the fifth. <laughs> I don't care. I, no, just, I, I just, I had that thought, and I was like, that's, that's hilarious. No, but. I have listened to several episodes. Uh-huh. I wouldn't call myself a regular listener, but I have listened. That's fine. And then when I was like, oh, I'm coming on the podcast, I made a mental note. I said, Caleb. Listen to a bunch of them so that you can tell guys you can listen to a bunch of them. And then I forgot. <laughs> so I apologize. Don't but, apologize. Uh, well, part of my philosophy, too, is like not every I definitely go in with the mindset. Not every single episode is for every person. Like it may not be stuff that interests you because it's such a, a mixture of like random stuff. But then sometimes I'll cover more news like topical news or sure, sure, or sure. something in the culture or like what three or four episodes. It was like really. It was stuff I had learned from my Bible reading and church and stuff. And so we talked about like the ideas found in that and the principles and stuff like that. But um, one of them being, I definitely found a moment in scripture where I, 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 I can almost guarantee Jesus let out an annoyed sigh. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah. ah, you still just don't get it? it? <laughs> yes. It was because we're in John right now in class. And so I was, I was, uh, and so I'm just basically reading. I was like, well, I'll just read through John then. And, um, and it was something, what was he? Oh, he's preaching about like the bread of life or whatever to the, right after he fed the 5,000 yep. and, and they they just don't get it. And he's like, I'll give you bread and you'll never go hungry. And they say, give us this bread always. <laughs> and he, and, and, and there's, and there's, and then he like responds again and, ex- and explains how they're not getting the point again. But I'm like, there has to be a moment that moment between that, those paragraphs, <laughs> Jesus just went. <sighs> and put his head <laughs> in his hands. It was like you in the souls. Yep. No. <laughs> Definitely. But well, cool. Uh love having non-listeners on. Um it's whoa, really whoa, whoa. Fun. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> non-listener. Just non-freak. What do you remember from the episodes you did listen to? Wow, you are just really calling me out. <laughs> uh, I'm having to, fun with this. A, a couple sp- <laughs> let's see. I listened to a couple sports ones. Okay. Oh man. Um, That's been a while then. I mean, yeah, I don't really mention sports back. anymore because I was like, that's eh, stupid. Yeah, it was a while back. And then, um, gosh, what was the, there's a, I feel like there's some about, Pat. I don't, it's been a cool minute. <laughs> it's been a cool minute, <laughs> Gus. But we're here now. I'm a fan of Gus. Yeah. So I'm automatically a fan mm-hmm. of the podcast. And it's not a requirement that you listen to this and to come on at all. Because well, I think cool. a lot of people, there's actually the whole series that I did, that I'm making its own podcast now. And I think almost everyone on that listened to maybe one episode. I've listened to more than one, at yeah. least two. But but they don't listen to the podcast still. But it was that wasn't the point of it. So yeah, I don't know. I didn't I didn't plan this by the way. <laughs> well, I just, that's, that's okay. I just hit record and started talking, and then I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> this fool doesn't <laughs> listen. Keep, keep me on my toes. Welcome to the podcast. How Good f- to be here. Gonna take my jacket off. Cool off. <laughs> cool off a little bit. Cool off, and uh, yeah, because that seat is hot. It is toasty. Nice and nice and hot. So you recently moved out to the country. That is true. And uh, we went and saw your nice, 
I don't. It doesn't feel right calling it a double wide because it's a it, double is, wide. it is the nicest double <laughs> wide I've ever seen, Thank you. and for good reason. But I was like, this is. I was like, this isn't a trailer, uh, but it is. Yep. And yep, yep. but it's really nice. So yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's just start there, right? Because you've sure. lived. You lived in what the city slash Edmond. Yeah. Your whole life. Because you're life. from here. Uh, born in Texas, but lived here. Lived there like six months, and then lived in. So it doesn't count. My parents have lived in that house the rest of the time. Okay. So I'm 27. It's been 26 and a half years they've mm. lived in that house. So on that note, I get annoyed when people say, like, someone like you would say, I'm from Texas. And yep. I was like, oh, how long did you live there? Six months of my life. I was like, you don't remember any. It doesn't count. Yep. You no. can say I was born there. Yep. But I grew up here. I usually say I was born in Texas unless there's like some clout for saying I'm from Texas. You know, if it's like, if it's like, I don't know, like a Texas tough thing, oh, or, you yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. like move to the land, cowboy, mm-hmm. cowboy hat, you know, kind of more rancher Texas style. Yeah. Say oh, I'm from Texas. You know, that's kind of what we do down there. <laughs> well, cool. Well, cool. So what, uh, talk to me about this move in this process. Cause from our perspective, you know, cause we talk so often and consistently, <laughs> <laughs> we um it was all of a sudden uh, i don't know you i don't know if it was at church or where but we were catching up and you're like yeah we uh sold our house and we're out in the country in the boonies and yeah. i was like whoa it was pretty spontaneous yeah yeah so <clears throat> you know we bought a house back in 2020 uh in my parents neighborhood okay and you is know, that your first house uh yeah first house we bought yep mm-hmm. and nice house we enjoyed it it never really felt like home and it just I don't know, like my family is from, you know, Cordell, Oklahoma, which is like a big farm town. Yeehaw. And so and I, every time we go out there, I imagine myself like mm-hmm. living in the country, you know? Yeah. And uh, anyway, Ashton's parents do foster care or they used to do foster mm-hmm. care and they decided they had these three kids and they decided to go ahead and adopt the kids. And there were some problems with the dad and he was in jail. He's a bad dude. And he had threatened them in court and said, I'm coming for my kids. Oof. So they started getting a little like antsy about, you know, just being like on the grid or whatever. Yep. Right? So uh, one day they were like, hey, we just bought 20 acres out in Jones, kind of East Jones, you uh-huh. know, the farmland. And uh, we're going to move out there. And they're like, if anyone wants to move out there, we'll give you guys some land. And I was sitting there going, free land? <laughs> for for Count- free? <laughs> Count me in. Yeah. You know? So, um, it worked out really well because at the height of the housing market, pretty much, mm-hmm. we didn't even put our house on the market. That's part part of the reason it was so fast mm-hmm. was um, I told my neighbor, I said, hey, in two weeks, I'm going to put my house on the market. And he said, well, I have a friend or like my son has a friend that's been mm-hmm. you know looking for a house here. Can I tell her? And I was like, sure. They texted me that night, looked at it the next day made us an over asking offer the the next business day bonkers it was, it was insane i mean we in two we lived in that house for two years mm-hmm. and made like a massive profit on it did nothing to fix up the house arguably made the house worse <laughs> and made a good you used it you got it and you used it abused it maybe and yep. dude that that is the but that is the craziness that happened you know it, it was insane mm-hmm. but you know it turned out that well is a good thing it needed to happen that way for mm-hmm. us to be able to move out to the land because you got to get well septic yeah. had the cash flow 
that you like required to actually get out there mm-hmm. is stupid. It's very unexpected. Like to figure out how much cash we spent so we could live in a, a double wide trailer <laughs> is shocking. <laughs> it's shocking. Just so. to get set. Yeah. Cause that's the, you know, that's the thing that I never think about. Everyone always says, Oh yeah, get some land, build a house out there. And it's like, you have to have a setup. Dude, we didn't even buy, so we didn't even buy, uh, the land, like mm-hmm. obviously the land. And we and and the, that double wide it's very very nice, but oh, we didn't just very nice. outright buy it. You know, like mm-hmm. it, there's a loan on it, right? Yep. But we did a big down payment or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like well septic pad, you have to get the dirt padded up, concrete mm-hmm. runners put in. Then you got to buy the thing and get it mobile home and get it transferred over there. It was like eighty or ninety thousand dollars just for that for the down payment. So that was just that wasn't even. The cost of the mobile home, you know, um, or the cost of the land or the cost of the land. That was just for us to be able to get out there living. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. Now, I luckily I would now, if we hadn't sold our house, like mm-hmm. the way we did, we can't, you know, there's no doing that. <laughs> like, yeah. When we out to the country, then all of a sudden see how much it costs. And be like, I guess we're staying in the city. <laughs> yeah, now, now we're living in a teepee. <laughs> <laughs> we're camping long term. I think this is what some people call homelessness, <laughs> but cool. Hey, real quick. Um, so, Make your mic a little bit more vertical if you can. Yep, yeah. Like and that. you'll need to probably tighten those knobs because it'll fall back. Okay, yeah. Okay, so you have to okay. play with it a little bit. Okay. Don't over crank them. That's all I, you notice mine has one knob. Nope, yep. I broke it. Okay. Stripped it out. But yeah, there you go. There yeah. You go. It was just a little bit lean back too much, yeah, too okay. casual. So pretty ca- people call me casual Caleb. It's what they, Do call, they? It's what they called me back in high school. <laughs> Did they? No, it's not. I was going to say, from everything I know, your severe anxiety about public spaces oh, yeah, very makes much. you anything but casual. Yeah. No. I, and I think moving in the country has just been a nice excuse for you to avoid oh, a crowded abso- church. Absolutely. Dude, crowded anything. I just avoid crowd. In fact, just driving, like driving in crowds. Mm-hmm. Nah, any, no one likes driving in crowds. No. Literally, there's no way to ruin my day more yeah. than people within like a foot or two perimeter of me. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Huh. So. Well, it sounds like you needed to move out to the country. Yeah, it's peaceful. From one argument, and the other one would say, that's actually going to make all that worse. You're going to get used to your peace and quiet, and then you're even going to hate that stuff more. Yeah, I thought of that, and I'm a little worried about it, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm a country guy now, so it doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even I'm, a, I'm country tough. <laughs> country guy Piece now. of wheat in your mouth. I'm just like, ah, those shitty folk. <laughs> Well, no, I, what I see is you'll see, um, I have a friend and her dad they live way out in the country, Western Oklahoma, and they'll come, they'll come here. And like the first stoplight he encounters, he immediately is pissed and yep. over it. And is like, it's like, why would we even come here? This is pointless. Dude, literally Jones by the high school, put mm-hmm. up a, uh, a new stop sign. And to mm-hmm. me, it's like a well-warranted stop sign. Like it's, it's literally yeah. like a block away from the school, you know, mm-hmm. kids driving, whatever. You almost a riot. <laughs> like the town of Jones was not a happy town. Cause you added a, stop, we added a sign. stop sign, a sign. Mm-hmm. Golly. Jones is a one stoplight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the stoplight is not like a, it's a red, blink- yellow, gl- green stoplight. It's, blinker. it's a blinking red. Yeah. So it's really a stop sign. It's, it's a different stop sign. <laughs> it's a different I wonder if they would have done another blinking red if people would have been fine with that, but because it was a different sign, I don't know. I don't know. But then they wouldn't have been able to say they were a one stoplight town. It's true. So one cool thing that we realized driving out to your house, though, is that the center of Oklahoma is 
Middle school. Yep. Jones State Center. Middle school. We were talking about it and I was like, so they definitely built the middle school and then found out it was the center because <laughs> if they if they would have known that ahead of time, someone would have been like, this is a tourist attraction. Yep. Let's not build the middle school here. Yep. And arguably the worst type of kids because they're in between <laughs> they are, elementary, dude. the innocence of elementary and the debauchery of high school high schoolers and they're this weird in between yeah and they're the word they're hilarious as far as like i love making fun of them and laughing at them because as my wife says they think they're cool but they are not oh yeah and so it's and they still kind of think you're cool but yeah <laughs> dude it's funny because even cool middle schoolers are awkward like oh, there's no such yeah. thing as a non-awkward middle schooler you know mm-hmm. your body's doing all sorts of stuff and like you're getting your limbs are getting longer at a real high rate. And you're just yep. like, what's going on? Yep. Yeah, my gosh. So so how long have you been out in the country then? <sighs> Let's see. We moved out there in September. Mm-hmm. So four months? Okay. Four and a half. How's we, it been uh, so far? Dude, it's been the dream. It's been re- really nice. We really enjoyed it. Quiet. Uh, a lot of cool animals out there. We saw a bald eagle. We kind of live like on the pond. Yeah, we saw a bald oh. eagle. Majestic. I've never felt more patriotic in that moment. <laughs> you just need to be draped in an American Dude, flag. Dude, I literally, I, I was like, let's go to war. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Give me my M16. Yeah. Let's go. The, the most patriotic I've ever felt. But there's a lot of cool animals mm-hmm. at night. You know, sometimes like I, you just hear some coyotes out there. And it's like, it sounds kind of like creepy or weird, but mm. it's just kind of cool to listen to, you know? I remember being out there and I was like, it's just so quiet. It's very and every quiet. time, even when I go back to Enid, which is a town of 50,000, it's just so much quieter there. Like, it's quiet. There's yep. still a little, but it's not like here. It's got the constant whoosh and noise of the city and the, the lights. That's one thing that's I'm most sick of and ready to, like, I could do it tomorrow, ready to kind of go out in the boonies is just that constant glow where in the middle of the night, it's not even night. And it's just like this... Y- yellow oranges glow glow i remember when i moved down for college and first really experienced that and i was like it's like 2 a.m and i'm looking around i'm like it's it's almost as bright as daylight and it was weird and eerie we're out at your house and minus the eye of sauron (laughs) we had we had stars and stuff yep but if you look the you just gotta look the opposite direction yeah (laughs) so for those listening he it's it's like house recently built back deck that's not complete but good enough for now uh usable and then Pond, and then Grandpa Gary's place. <laughs> yep. Oh, everyone needs a Grandpa Gary. And they installed uh, basically a street light. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, og is the power company mm-hmm. out there. And it's on their power poles, you get the option of putting a light. Yes. And, you know, it covers the whole yard. So he likes it because they can yeah. let their dogs out without, mm-hmm. you know, needing a flashlight or whatever. But it also sends a direct beam it across does. the pond it, straight into your living room, uh, ba- master bathroom. Yep. You're like, come look at this. And, you, and, and when you told us to go look at it, I was like, I'm not going to be able to see what he's looking at. It's probably something minuscule. And it's like this beam. Yep. <laughs> it burns your corneas. Yeah. It and so it is the eye of Sauron. It's always yeah. watching. But it's still it's even with that. It's still way better than going in my backyard. Well, <laughs> maybe I don't know because you know when you get like a flashlight like, pointing at your eye, you can't ignore the flashlight. <laughs> You're always just like, ah, there's the light. Just, you just feel it. Mm-hmm. You just feel it there. But mm-hmm. um, no, it's very peaceful out there. Uh, very comfortable. So yeah. we've enjoyed it. When you're doing, you're kind of doing the test run, aren't you? You were your plan is like 
plant get set up enough to where you can live comfortably probably for at least five-ish years yep, and yep, then yep. to and then from there decide okay do we want to stay out here do we like it enough or is this not for us right and you know for i guess everyone listening i talked about the cost of getting out there which mm-hmm. is a pretty high cost right and we live in the middle section of land so what that means is there's a tiny like quarter mile strip of gravel road mm-hmm. just to get into like the bulk of the 20 acres you know and so if we were to build a house there resale value i mean there's resale value but it's very very hard to convince someone to like okay hey you want to come buy this house first go a quarter mile down this gravel driveway turn past grandpa gary's road or house <laughs> I hope there was a poopy diaper. <laughs> and it's also Ashton's fault. If it's Ashton's fault. She changes, she throws Kinsley's diapers in there. Sometimes. Sorry, sorry to offer L here. But, um, but you know, go past Grandpa Gary's yeah. house, then go past the Raymer's house, mm-hmm. all across their land, and then drive all the way to your house in this back corner. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard to convince someone else to in do that. In a weird way, family. you're having to go through a neighborhood. No, yeah, right. But when you in think a weird about way, it, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like when you actually think about it, you're like, okay, it's kind of just like a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But then when you're trying to like sell it or like face value, it's like, oh, I'm on some other family's property. Yeah. You know, like it just, mm-hmm. it just feels weird. And so the goal of it is if we don't like it, we can obviously <laughs> sell the mobile home. Yeah and lose out on the well and septic that's a mm-hmm. bummer but like that's not as huge of a financial hit as yeah. like oh we built a or in-game house here mm-hmm. and now we can't really sell you it. can't offload it right so okay well that's cool yeah i didn't think about the, the whole not much resale value there right so, mm-hmm. i mean and like the like uh my in-laws said we could you know sell, like if we built and didn't want we could sell mm-hmm. it but i just think that's gonna be a hard push uh, yeah, if it would be one thing if it was say like on the edge of the property, and right, you, could, you could get fu- you could get directly it was the the Grandpa first house, Gary. yeah, yep. and, and and then you could also sell maybe that, well, you could maybe sell just the portion of land that that house is on, and like it with like a couple acres, right, yeah, and then and it would just be at the front of the property versus you're kind of in the middle, we're all, so that yeah, makes we're sense. Like, we're like the back, so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, you gotta you gotta work to get to you. You gotta you gotta survive Grandpa Gary's tripwires. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's like hey, Gary Busey in uh, which movie is it? Uh, not Tommy Boy, Black Sheep. I don't think I've seen that movie. Really? Yeah. I, well, it's like, you've seen Tommy Boy though. I don't think I've seen Tommy Boy. Chris Farley and David Spade, <sighs> and Chris Farley's a screw up, and it's hilarious. So Tommy Boy is where his dad owns. Uh. Basically, it's a small town like Ohio, and it's a brake and auto parts company. Okay. But it's kind of right. The whole storyline is like the mom and pop factories are shutting down for the big auto parts stores, and and it's dying, and um, his dad dies, and like he has to go on this mission with one of the guys who works, who's kind of a screw up as well, who worked for his dad, and to go and like sell all these brake pads. Um, otherwise the company goes under and thousands okay. of people lose their job and he, and he's just a total screw up and it's hilarious cause it's Chris Farley and then black sheep, basically the same storyline, but they're in like Washington state and it's his big brother and he's running for office governor or something like that. Okay. And they uncover that they have to go on a big adventure, try and help him out. But like there's. His brother loves him. He loves his brother, but he's always screwing stuff up for him and like hurting his campaign. <laughs> yep. And then they, him and David Spade, another adventure. 
but they end up uncovering that the other person was cheating. Yeah, and okay. um, you might say reminiscent to what some people believe about particular elections in the recent past, but, um, <laughs> and then ends up saving the day. But big one part in that is they have to go. Gary Busey plays this crazy recluse who like has claymores and landmines and he <laughs> yeah. lives in a bus in the middle of the woods. Yeah. And he's like a psycho guy, but they, but they need his help doing something in the movie. But, okay. um, yeah. So you, you talk about yeah, Grandpa man. Gary and I'm like, yeah, that's like the, um, the hyperbole of Grandpa no, Gary. It is. And I'm telling you, he is a good guy to have out there because mm-hmm. he's resourceful mm-hmm. helps, you know, you got to try like, uh, did you, you, we drove over the dam kind of on the pond. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the little bridge. Mm-hmm. That was like water level, a little higher. Uh-huh. And he got a tractor, went and just built it up randomly for a long time hmm. to help make it so we could drive across it. Mm-hmm. So he's like super helpful like that. But also, he's a Vietnam Green Beret. What? He's a hard man. He's Rambo. Yeah, dude. So I'm like, that's why I always joke about, oh, you got to get fast grandpa. Yeah. Gary, because he likes to know who's coming down the road. Mm-hmm. He has a little beeper on, on the driveway. <laughs> so every time a car, sometimes even squirrels set it off. Like go across, it's like, and then you hear a boom. And he's yeah. like, that's dinner. <laughs> yeah, there's grandpa Gary. But, and so he always knows who's coming in and out. Uh-huh. And, you know, he's not afraid of controversy. So <laughs> he's, he's a good guy to have kind of protecting. Yeah. The you got to pre-warn. You got, you got to let him know, Hey, we're having visitors. Yeah. And- <laughs> well, yeah. And I'll, I'll get calls all the time. It's like, Hey, do you know what this white truck's here for? Are <laughs> you know, like, expecting anyone? You know, just trying to see who's it's your who's own personal about. security service that you don't it have to pay for. Pretty much is. That's you know, that's incredible. I love me when you first started talking about Grandpa Gary. I was like, I Dude, love, he's, I love he's this awesome man. Guy. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. Mm, I love it. Um, the heck was that? Anyways, <clears throat> yeah, everyone needs. Put here in my notes. Everyone needs a Grandpa Gary. Oh, facts. Everyone Factual. needs a Grandpa Gary. So, uh, four months deep. Obviously, you're still probably very much in the honeymoon phase, but where do you have an idea? Are you where are you leaning right now? Are you like, yeah, I could live out here? Oh, yeah. I could be out in the country. So far, we are absolutely loving it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's weird because there's all like the, oh, do you miss like the Edmond Mm -hmm. suburb kind of lifestyle? You know, things to do, places to eat, whatever. We have had to adapt to like cooking at home more, but Mm -hmm. I still go to workouts at five in the morning. In Edmond, it it becomes almost like a work commute. You know, it's not. Yeah, and you learn to accept it. Like right. that's what we've talked about when we talk about it eventually, because that's what we want to do, and I'm sure most people want to do. Just like everyone loves to travel and hike. You know, everything yep. in, in a classic Tinder profile. But <laughs> it's more like most of these people like the idea of those things, and they don't really do them. Right. Uh, but we've talked about that, and like it's so nice being five minutes from Sam's, being yep. you know twenty different restaurants, every type of food. But then I think back and it's like, I've been, I've been living in the big city for a decade. Right. And so for me, I'm like, I'm hitting a point where it's like, I feel like I'm okay with not having that immediately. But then also I'm like, I think it'll just become a natural adaptation of like, and it's just a fact of life. Then I got to drive, you know, whatever, 20, 30 minutes to go and do anything. And you just build it into your life. And I like that from the aspect of it kind of slows you down a little bit. You have to plan a little bit more. It's going to take more time. And like with you, we've, we're, we now cook a lot more and that takes time. Yeah. No and I think it's better all around. There's something good about that having to be a little bit slower to like get to supper or make your supper. Right. That is, that I think is just good for us. Right now. And with that, like 
well, that whole supper thing's a whole nother tangent, but it's we'll good. To to, it. It's good to get away and do family stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like that kind of stuff. But yeah, the drive, you know, and people call me crazy for like, oh, you drive 30 minutes for a gym or whatever, 25 minutes. And I'm like, okay, if I go to the gym at 5 a.m., if I'm going into work, usually I work from home, but if mm-hmm. I'm going into work, I shower at my parents and then I go to work 10 oh, minutes yeah. away, you know, it's, but like my old job, I worked, um, at an oil service company mm-hmm. and it was down by Will Rogers airport. Oh geez. 45 minute drive coming home. Sometimes mm-hmm. could, could get up to an hour and a half, two hour drive home with traffic. Everyone thought it was normal. Like no one questioned it. Well, that's the thing is I, I know so many people that commute to like Edmond or North OKC jobs from Norman. Yeah. And I'm like, that's 45 minutes, no traffic. Right. And you probably drive during traffic hours because that's your work hours yep. and you're probably catching traffic and then there's wrecks. And right. I even experienced when we live in the village and I work downtown and that was 15 ish minutes, but I was always having to check the traffic map because you never know what yeah, slowdowns would be. So, yep. and, and I think that's the disconnect is like, there's something different about, it doesn't feel like you're driving as far or as long when there's constant city around you yep, yep, yep. versus we go out, to your place and it's like you get out there and you're like oh i'm just out in the nothing you're and driving yep, yep yeah and but where i'm from that was more normal because it was an enid and you drive to the next town or whatever it's only five miles and it only takes you you know 10 or 15 minutes but it's that five miles is country right. versus take you you know going five miles here and it takes you 15 or 20 minutes yep. but it's all city and so yeah i think that's a good point it's like most people don't actually sit down and think how far do you drive? Yep. Yep. You probably actually drive at least definitely time wise the same, but yeah, they don't time even wise, realize it. Distance wise is definitely more, but mm-hmm. ah, time wise, you know, my parents always were, they live in East Edmond. Uh huh. And when Ash and I got married, we had a rent house in West Edmond mm-hmm. uh, oh. and they were fine with it, you know, oh. but then they were nervous about us moving to Jones. Like, Oh, we're going to miss you. You know, that yeah. kind of thing, especially since we lived in their neighborhood, <laughs> but <laughs> Next door to buy. Yeah. And just had a, just had a baby. But, um, I was like, it's literally almost the same distance, mm-hmm. right? Or time, not distance, but it's time the same time as, as when we lived in West Edmund. The bane of my existence is anytime I have to drive across Edmund. Across time. It's horrible. It's across Edmund is the worst suburb drive I've ever experienced. Oh, it's horrible. Especially in West, West Edmund is significantly oh. worse than East. When I lived in West Edmund, okay, I lived. Mm. Uh, 178th and Western, which is oh, like yeah. three or four miles north of the turnpike. Mm-hmm. And from the turnpike, three or four miles to 178th, sometimes it would take 30 minutes, Dude. 40 minutes to go three or four yeah. miles. I, if I have to go up in that area, I don't go when it's like, if it's busy, like there were times when we kind of lived up near there and it's like, oh, I got to run to Penn Memorial or something. And it was like, no. Like, and, and I'm like, what time is it? Oh, it's four o'clock. I will do it tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will find like... I will, I will, I will wait. <laughs> yeah. It put it into perspective. Cause I'm like, I'm not dealing. Cause cause you're not, that's the worst kind. Cause you're not going anywhere and you're just sitting there between cars and it's stressful cause people are stupid, but yep. mm-hmm. yeah. And so Edmund, that's one reason why I never, I remember after college I was like, I don't want to live in Edmund. I can't live in Edmund just because having to go across Edmund. Right. Is the, I was, there's, I don't know what it is. It just, or how, or why exactly, but I hate, well, cause I, that was like, I was in central Edmond at like UCO. And then I lived south of there at like 33rd and Broadway. Okay. And that commute wasn't too bad, but it was like any time I had to go across town or whatever. Yeah. 
you go West Edmond, East Edmond, or now with how far North it goes, it's like, yeah, we know some people that live off like Sorghum Mill basically. And I'm like, you are in Guthrie. Well, did you know? Okay. Side tangent. Mm -hmm. Uh, for so my, we're about here, so well, good. I got a lot of them. <laughs> Bring it on for my brother in law's bachelor party. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went shooting, right? Uh-huh. And this guy had like his grandma owned some land or whatever, and we went shooting. It was on like Sorghum Mill and gosh, Covell or not Covell, those are parallel, but parallel. Sorghum Mill and Bryant, I think. Mm-hmm. But literally, you feel like you are a block or, or a mile or two, a stop sign or two away from Oak Tree. Okay, we're shooting mm-hmm. in their land. They have like 50 acres or something, plenty of land to shoot on. And behind us, like across Sorghum Mill, is like a kid's birthday party <laughs> going on. You're just sitting there. Dude, Boom. we're just sitting there blasting away. <laughs> it, it, it felt kind of weird, but mm-hmm. also felt kind of cool. Yeah, well, because 15 <laughs> years ago, you were out in the boonies. Right. And the crazy thing is, you take if you go right over and get on I-35, you're five minutes from the first Guthrie exit. Like, and, and I'm just like, you're in, so, you're I mean, I think before long, it's it, okay. Or Edmund is going to run into Guthrie. It already kind of does, but yeah. it's just, gonna, it's crazy to think how it expands and how expansive it is. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and that's what people are thinking about. Jones could kind of decades down the road, yeah. you know, kind of blow up into like a, a bigger suburb. I think so. I think the people of Jones are resistant to that. Like <laughs> Jones likes small town. Jones, yeah. You know, like, um, but you, I mean, you look at, you know, um, not dear Oakdale, you look at Oakdale mm-hmm. and like, it's, you know, nice house is popular. You move into, uh, West Jones, you know, yeah. just East of Oakdale, nice houses. It's kind of like built up and then you get more towards like, central jones and it's just small town jones mm-hmm. and then you get towards east jones and it's where we live and it's just mm-hmm. farmland mm-hmm. you know but it's kind of moving that direction always you see people, expanding yeah just like a cancer <laughs> society is a cancer mm-hmm. well i think i think one thing that keeps it why it's going more west than east is because some of those neighborhoods that we were cruising by you can tell are like upper range oh like stupid like a lot of the big money is on oh. is east of 35 and you can get into that east edmund and i've been in one of them one of those neighborhoods in college and i was like what or i didn't even know this was here dude okay so so if you go down britain east of i-35 that's mm-hmm. where like kind of the big oakdale is you yeah. know and like i had a friend who lived there that had like some massive house we have a family friend that's a spinal surgeon oh gosh has a massive house out there mm-hmm. But if you keep going and you're going towards Jones, there is a crossroad and there's a neighbor on the house on the left with a house that has like, it's, it, it literally looks like a castle, like the oh gray bricks in the, the top yeah. like little spire things. Sp- yep. And then you keep going and on your right on the corner, there's this massive property. You see this huge house. I looked it up. It's 14,000 square feet. Oh my it's gosh. Some, it's some they whoever lives there has like foundation or some mm-hmm. like a foundation like there's some like like someone's got a trust fund somewhere yeah. <laughs> for sure <laughs> i don't know if it's like that guy uh-huh. you know but big money it's 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 worth a drive if you have not seen hmm. the house it's massive yeah. but anyway some of those huge 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 houses are you know mm-hmm. east of i35 for yeah. sure 
And I think that stifles just your regular subdivision from really going out into Jones in because that's because of those crazy nice houses, the property value out there is probably a lot higher. So it's a good thing for the people of Jones who don't want more people. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I could definitely, I think you're right. I could definitely see that. Kind of creeping that way. Yeah, creeping that way. But well, because now living in Piedmont, you're not in the country. It just all runs into Piedmont. It does, and Piedmont yep. has blown up. But yep. yeah. Anyways, that's enough probably about Oklahoma <laughs> geography that people care about so much. The Gloss Mountains. Let's know. <laughs> Uh, let's, let's talk about how you worked on an app. Yeah. How was that? Ooh, that, uh, stole my soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just for all the listeners out there, I'm a software developer and, uh, I've always had kind of a, a business drive, you know, I've always mm-hmm. wanted to start something and for a long time, didn't have anything. And then my friend reached out and was like, Hey, I'm working for this startup on this app. You want to, you want to join? You know, I was like, sure. Like, I'm I'm ready for the grind. Yeah. I had been doing like two day workouts, listening to David Goggins. Like, <laughs> you getting, were in it, getting that like you know savagery uh-huh. kind of pumped up. And so I was like, I'm I'm ready to quit everything and absolutely grind. <laughs> and so I did. And so I literally stopped working out or like cut it. I went from two a day every single day. Wow. To um, to none for a couple months. Absolutely none. For let's see, it, it was two probably two or three months mm-hmm. roughly now this is a vague and not quite on weekends but like more often than not i was working from you know i'd i'd wake up at six or seven do my normal day job until about four get off uh start working on this app mm-hmm. until probably five or six eat dinner work on the app again until midnight or 2 a.m dude and then i do a repeat and towards the end of launch, there was one week where um, I woke up at 7 a.m. on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I didn't sleep again till Friday night. <sighs> I mean, it, it, it was. Or sorry, I said I didn't sleep again. I slept eight hours total throughout oh, yeah, like three that, or four days. So I, I didn't. I wasn't doing that crazy, but you know. But that's still why I got four hours a night, a night twice and then one of no, no sleep. And it, it just, it, it absolutely drained me. <laughs> So, yeah, you, you thought you were ready. You were like, I'm ready for this. Oh, and it, then it murdered you. It, it murdered me. And then right after, you know, we built the app and launched mm-hmm. and everything slowed down. I had my first, you know, had Kinsley had my first daughter. Yeah. And that is just a very big change, you mm-hmm. know, and it's it, like. Nothing... So you're saying the app prepared you to have a newborn. Dude, <laughs> no, it made the newborn kick me while I was down. <laughs> You're like, oh, I can recover. Then you have a child. Someone hands you a child. I'm in fetal position getting kicked. Yeah, no, because like, and like, you know, the stuff for like me to do wasn't Mm -hmm. all that like heavy with a dog. You know, I mean, there's the newborns. There's a lot of mother child stuff going on. Yeah, when they're real fresh. When they're real fresh. But it just changes dynamics Mm -hmm. and stresses and like, you know. So, dude, it, it took me. I was once like pretty confident starting to get a better mindset mm-hmm. took me completely down <laughs> completely down and you know you get like paternity mm-hmm. and i was sitting there and i was telling my wife ashton i was like i don't know if i can program anyone like i might I, I literally said to her i might because i was like i'll take this two weeks mm-hmm. which i had two weeks of paternity okay. literally the end of that year she was born in october literally december my work was like you now get 
three months or whatever it was. If you're for paternity leave, I know I missed out, but so I got two <sighs> weeks and, uh, Oh, you know what? That was my vacation. We got none. Paternity. <laughs> that was my vacation. I took <laughs> and even worse, but we, <laughs> so we got two weeks and I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to even like look at code. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to program at all. And I did. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. And then towards the end, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm not rejuvenated. Like, I thought it'd be like, yeah. rejuvenated. Refresh, and you were like, what's happening? Yeah, I'm I was not- like, I may have to find a different profession to be <sighs> in. That's wild. And, uh, yeah, it was rough. It was rough. But Yeah, because you've been doing that sort of thing, what, your entire adult life, essentially. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You went to even school for that? Went to school for that. and uh, that's, that's big. That's big time changes. Yeah. But take it from me. Switching, switching careers and shifting gears in your profession. Would not recommend. If you can, get it right the first time because it's it pretty is, stressful. Yes. Ugh. You're just like, why? And then so many days and nights where you're just like, what was I thinking? <laughs> why would I do that? It's so stupid. I feel that. But yeah, so essentially it's like Jim Gaffigan says um, when, and when someone asks him about having five kids, he goes, well, imagine you're drowning and someone hands you a baby. <laughs> Sounds yeah, like I what can, you went through. Imagine you're drowning and then someone says, here's I, a baby. I can feel that. Yep. That's why. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I've slowly been kind of like getting the fire back, you know? Mm-hmm. It's definitely not the same fitness. Like my mental level, like my fitness isn't on top of the game. Mm-hmm. My discipline for eating, working, uh, mm-hmm. working on the side, it's still not there. You know, and discipline's something you got to train and build. Yep. So you would say you just kind of like, you'd started to build this foundation of like discipline. I mean, you were doing two days. I was very disciplined. You were, you were, you were locked in and honed in and you kind of just took a jackhammer to all of that essentially. Absolutely. And just burn it to the ground. Yep. No, Um, I would do like, you know, diet mm -hmm. challenges with my gym. Yeah. Wouldn't miss a day. I would do, um, like if I said I was going to run every day. Yeah. It's sleeting. I'm Mm -hmm. running, you know, like it's, you were David got 10 degrees. I'm running. Like, I was very like, if I say mm-hmm. I'm going to do it, I'm mm-hmm. going to do it. And then after all of that happened, it just, it took every ounce of discipline I had and ate it. And so then it turned into like, eh, <laughs> oh, okay, we got to run today. Like, ah, it's, you know, it's kind of cold out there. <laughs> it's 55 degrees and sunny. Mm, a little chilly, ah, it's a little chilly for me. There's a breeze. Yeah. <laughs> Which is. Always an I know. I shade ice cream. It made me kind of cold. You know, <laughs> you know I, I have this weird feeling in my wrist and <laughs> yeah. I feel like I maybe kind of tweaked it. So, yeah. huh? So how long? So now you're trying to get that back. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah. And, and it's still definitely imp- like I definitely have now the ability. I don't know if I had the ability to have like to grow discipline mm-hmm. back, you know, right after we had our daughter. Now I definitely have the ability, but it's something you got to train, you mm-hmm. know, and I haven't been training it. So it's a weak muscle. Yeah, <laughs> very so, weak atrophied, huh? Yeah. So now, do you think though, it's like, since you've done, do you think it's kind of like, um, we'll say like, like the riding the bike thing. Like maybe you maybe didn't know how to ride and maybe you did, but now that you know, you're going to be rusty and it's, you're gonna have to get back to that level and it's going to take a lot of work, but it's easier to almost kind of retrain that muscle since you've already been through that. It's so it's maybe not like ground zero or is it just, I wish even when, <laughs> even when I was disciplined, uh-huh. I had one thought that went through my head 
every single day. Yeah. And it was a panic. Okay. Of knowing the only way to stay disciplined or be more disciplined Mm -hmm. is for it to suck. Ah. That's it. That's the only way. It's the Uh only way possible. You cannot, you can't go, oh, like I love being disciplined. Mm -hmm. Because then you get lackadaisical because it's not disciplined because it's easy. You know? Right. You have to keep pushing the limit, doing something hard, and it's never fun. Mm-hmm. So you got to get in the mindset of like, it's, it's never going to end. <laughs> yeah. Embrace the suck. <laughs> Just embrace the suck. Well, it's like me when I, you know, I, I, when I ran the marathon, cause I essentially needed something hard, right. A very hard challenge. And I did that. And part of my nerve coming out of that though, I got, like you said, almost a little bit of panic because my next thought was well, crap. Now I don't have that. Yeah. I don't have that hurdle to get over. Yeah. And I was like. So then I'm taking it to its natural, con- its its logical conclusion, and I'm like, "Oh no, am I eventually gonna have to do an Ironman triathlon, yeah. whatever? Like, yeah. what's the next thing?" And I'm like, "Crap, I don't like this." No, literally, I remember you know, doing just uncomfortable stuff like mm-hmm. running in the sleet and all this, yeah. right? And and just I is discipline. I also called it self accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I say I'm gonna do something, I follow through. Yeah, and I always remember I do something kind of hard feel accomplished and then go oh crap i gotta do it again tomorrow mm-hmm. like you know there, there's no days there's that off. moment there's no like it, it doesn't mm-hmm. end it's like the spook of like you never hit your end goal of yeah. like i did it i'm, I'm mm-hmm. there i'm there is you no know, end goal right just i got do. the gold medal mm-hmm. it's like no you're still going so many things in life it's like get to this point and right. then you've made it right it's yep. like save up this money and then you can buy that thing yeah but with in the world of being disciplined it's just a continuation it's a lifestyle yeah, but absolutely. i will say on that note of how i feel sometimes there is some sense of accomplishment or uh maybe maybe pride or just i don't know like when i roll i love rolling up to the gym on saturday mornings yeah and the parking lot is, is, is sparse there's not a lot of cars <laughs> yep. and i roll in and i was like these are all the real ones saturday oh. morning peeps and i'm like all these lazy i'm sitting there cranking on whatever and i'm like freaking lazy bums sleeping oh, and getting no. donuts and I'm in here putting work and I'm like, good job you. And absolutely, but it sucks to do that. I hate getting up right. on Saturday morning. No, it sucks, mm-hmm. but it's motivation. And no, and that's what I used to. So before I went to the gym at 5am or for a while, our gym didn't have 5am every day. Mm-hmm. I do CrossFit. So there's like classes, you know? Yeah. Um, I'd run at four in the morning or whatever. Jeez. And I'd get up and my favorite thing to do is it, it's, it's never, even if you I'm a morning person, mm-hmm. It's never fun to wake up at four or four thirty. Believe it hurts me, every time. Yes, but once I get my feet out of the bed, I'm okay. But the best feeling is you're running, and every house light is off, mm-hmm. and you look and you go, "You're asleep. You're asleep. <laughs> you're asleep. I'm not." Yeah, you know, that's the, it's, it's just it, the it, best it, it quite ever. literally is the "I'm better than all of you" <laughs> moment. It but is. it's good. But that's where discipline to me pays off because then you know that you were doing something that like truly does make you more resilient, makes you oh, stronger and like, you're going to be good for the long haul. And well, and it's also a reminder that like what, I, what I've started saying, and I haven't figured out the best way. I don't know if it makes sense. You can tell me if this doesn't make sense, but anytime I talk to someone, they're like, well, this or that reason, I was like, you know what? There's always a thousand excuses to not do something. Oh, absolutely. Right. And so I was like, and for that reason that I think, that's more reason to then go and do it. Like the point being you can, there's plenty of reasons to not go run at four in the morning, right? but there's only one that, that, that you're really going to say, I need to go run at four 30 in the morning. And that's to 
to get hard. Like that's, yeah. and, and, and so I'm like, okay, there's always, there's always a reason not to do something. So I see that as a, then that hits my brain and I'm like, oh, so that's a reason for me to then go and do it because right. there's always, I can always sit back and relax. It's not hard. It's like, no, absolutely. Since you don't listen to the podcast, you won't know. Oh, this, so my. I can just tell you, <laughs> bring that back around. It's like uh, my sister has a classmate. Um, she's in RT school and they were talking about what things that they were good at. And she goes, I am good at sitting on the couch and binging Netflix. And, uh, and they all look at her and say, it's not a talent. Yep. That's not a skill. She told me the story. I was like, a, that's really sad. B, she's <laughs> extremely confused on what it means to be good at something. Uh, if it takes zero effort and it's something that arguably 99% of people can do because it's literally just laziness right. that we all have yeah. in us. Uh, it's not a real skill. I was like, so being good at something it implies there has to be some level of skill or prowess and effort. Right. And it's like, hey, I'm good at running, and that means you can go and run a six minute mile, or you know, whatever right. it means, or sure. you can go and run for a long time. Like, you know, and I'm good at talking about n- nonsense and just going on that's why i have a podcast right like right, that and there, right. there's some there's some level of at least natural talent and drive there not everyone's good at that you do develop that talent and but i was just like oh gosh so you can't no that's, that's not <laughs> she's like bragging about it and she and she's like well it's you she's like oh i like it and and basically in so many ways said she doesn't do anything else and so i was like wow the only thing you have to lean on is I'm good at being extremely lazy. That's pretty sad. Well, dude, you know, and that kind of reminds me, well, real quick to go back to your a thousand reasons not Mm -hmm. to, you know, that's why I like to think of like discipline as like like self accountability. Yeah. Because like, let's say this is, I love food. I'm a foodie, Mm -hmm. specifically an ice cream and wings kind of guy. Okay. Love them. Mm-hmm. Never get tired of it. And you got some strong opinions on chocolate chip cookies too. Some good opinions on chocolate chip (laughs) cookies. Let me add that to the notes. But, uh, I, I love to eat food. And so I'm, I have trouble being disciplined with portion control and mm-hmm. like food choices and all that kind of stuff. You can right? get fat is what you're saying. Oh, very easily. Very easily. And the one way like diet, you know, you think, ah, like I need to start eating healthier mm-hmm. and make a diet plan. But at some point you're going to go, man, I don't care what other people think of me. Mm-hmm. That's their problem. Right. Yep. But if you switch it up and say, I told myself I'm going to stick to this mm-hmm. diet for the next two months. What are you going to, what, what are you going to say? Right. Oh, I don't want to be accountable to myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't say that. Nope. It, it doesn't fly. And, and so that self accountability, you know, is what, and that's something you got to like, I guess, yearn to have. Mm-hmm. Cause I was, you know, you told your story, the sister, um, back in high school, I was always like, Oh yeah, I'm lazy. I'm lazy. And I would always tell people I'm lazy yeah. you know, and like be proud of it <laughs> for whatever reason. And then it hit me in college. I worked very, very hard in my classes and I was like, I don't want to be lazy. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to think I'm lazy. Right. Like I'm a hard worker and, and I want to be a hard That's worker. most people too. Yeah. Most people are lazy. Right. And there's something, when there's something about that too, it's like there's where it takes away the shame. It's like, yeah, we're all lazy together. But then it's like when you're on the other side of it, you're like, no, it's way more satisfying to not be that, to oh. be, not be the rule, but be the exception. And, no, absolutely. And so I take, I have the same mindset and I've talked about it on here. You wouldn't know. You don't listen. Um, uh, plenty of times. <laughs> well, I'm not going to listen now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just, just keep it going. Hey, why change? Why change? You got to be accountable you're, to my street. <laughs> Your self-accountability to listening to this podcast is uh, zero. So we'll just keep it at that. No, but is what 
a couple years ago, I had fallen off the wagon, so to speak, about like being in the gym and I struggled yep. to have any type of reason. And eventually it was like, well, I, I mean, of course, you know, I just want to be in shape. Um, for the first time in my life, most people, if they, if they saw what I, what I meant when I said I was fat, they would laugh out loud and be like, you weren't fat at all. But for me, it was fat and it sure, was sure, sure. the heaviest I'd ever been because I'd always been real lean and, and could eat whatever I want. And it fine, I finally was able to get just a tiny bit of chunk and not that that's a good thing, but basically I just was like, I, I couldn't get back into the gym, couldn't be consistent. And then my mindset switched up and I just said, I'm going to mean what I say and I'm going to change how I talk to myself. Right. And, and that's something that's very, very important when it comes to discipline. And like you said, self accountability is instead of saying, and this is what I tell people who want to maybe get in shape and start working out. I say, we all, what does everyone say? Oh, I want to, I want to get in shape. I need to go to the gym. I should go to the gym. I want to go to the gym, you know, all of the above. Right. right. Yep. And when you say that, it basically is like, it's an aspiration yep. that, that is like, you can, that is out there that you can work towards, but there's, but if you fall short, you're, you're not okay. losing anything. Right, and right. it's also an aspiration. It's like, I want to travel the world. Yes, we all do. Yep. But it's, you know, but then if you say, I am going to go to the gym, say every day, which is what I started saying. I just said, you know what? Make a deal with myself. I'm going to go to the gym every day. No excuses. I just have to go. Right. Even if it's five minutes on the treadmill, it's all I do. And there were days where I forgot my headphones or whatever. Wasn't feeling it. Did 20 minutes on an elliptical or something like that. Right. Then went home. But over time, as I continued to do that, those days became less and less. Why? Even when I felt would feel like crap, um, just the same as I did when I would only do those really short days, it became a, a matter of I would go and be like, I took the time to get up to come here. I might as well get something real out of it. And right. so my bad days became I had less and less of those bad days. And now I virtually have no real bad days, not 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 in the sense of how they were at least not in the way that originally they were. My bad days now were, were my best days from two and a half years ago. Right. Because why? Because first and foremost, I changed how I talked to myself and I just said, I'm going to go to the gym yep. and, and not I want to or I should. Right. Because then it's, it, there's something mentally that it shifts how you look at it and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm just going to, I told myself I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. There's yep. no if, ands, or buts about it, right? Yep. I mean, it's what most people do. It's like, brushing your it, then it becomes akin to like brushing your teeth washing your hands Brush doing, wiping your butt you know like it's like you just do it yeah. right and if you don't especially <laughs> that last one you should probably reconsider some things i don't want yeah i don't want to imagine what your underwear pile looks like oh, but gosh. now yeah that self-talk you know the it's interesting i have a weird take on like anxiety mm -hmm. especially since i'm a super anxious person <laughs> And, you know, obviously there's like, you know, I'm not a doctor and I'm not saying like medication isn't important. It is. And mm -hmm. it, there's a place for it. Right. Yeah. But we see how like this generation of people is very anxious, anxiety, more driven. anxious than ever. Yeah. And, and things are better than, that. you know, we have more things. Than right. And I'm under the opinion that like anxiety isn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously okay. you don't want an overload of it. Right. Um, to, an ex to a point, it probably needs to be medicated, mm -hmm. right? But like, okay, you're anxious about your job, mm -hmm. your house, where you are in life right now. Like, 
you have big aspirations for yourself. Yeah. That means That's, you're aiming at something. That, that means you have a goal. Now, maybe you need to align your goals to, to point to solve that problem, mm-hmm. you know, anxiety, but like that means you have some belief in yourself and you expect mm-hmm. more out of yourself or you expect some level of success out of yourself. You know, uh-huh. I don't think it's necessarily like this whole, like you shouldn't feel anxious or bad about yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with. Cause I think, I definitely think people should feel bad about themselves. Yeah, I'm like, the fan of fat shaming. Yeah, personally. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we can get into that next. I'll explain but, more. But. but like, you know, you, you gotta, it's, it's a standard for you mm-hmm. and it's something you should be proud of to have a standard for you, you yep. know? And it's like, okay, you're anxious about it. Like you, you may be nervous to go public speaking or something, but mm-hmm. like you're probably proud to be a public speaker, you know, yeah. until you get in the flow. It's, I think, I think a lot of anxiety that we say we don't want today is a healthy anxiety to have not mm-hmm. all well and i also think we don't do enough hard things oh absolutely that we say you'd feel anxious about like running every day or running a marathon doing whatever you know and and and, and have any goals and then that causes that anxiety to just like s- sit there and just percolate and it just gets worse because you don't do anything with it like right. my sister also a very anxious person especially when it comes to school started strength training a couple years ago and then now and I, and I told her like, she just wanted to be stronger. And now it's like, that's her anxiety medicine. She goes and throws yeah. around some weights and, and I, and I told, and I tell her, and I say this still is that like, you're literally, you're like pushing the bar, you're squatting, whatever. You were literally pushing stress out of your body, oh, like absolutely. in a very figurative, but also literal way, like putting yourself under physical stress has the effect of lessening emotional anxiety, gives you mental clarity. Like she was like, Oh Studying got easier. I started getting better scores on my tests. And it was like, and, yep. uh, and she dolly it was the bench press and squatting <laughs> and deadlifting. And it's like, what? And for me personally, I was even surprised at the level of that effect. Uh, but now I definitely see it with me because I work out every morning and it's like, that's my morning coffee where it, it right. sets me for my day and gets me locked in. But no, I completely agree. I think there's a good level like anxiety. I've never thought about it from the anxiety aspect. I've always talked about it from the, um, shame aspect like you know i said i'm a fan of fat shaming well this is um bill burr obviously says it best in one of his comedy specials where he's talking he's he's like you know you're not supposed to fat shame and it's like shame is a to an extent is a good thing because it it's it means i heard someone talking about it from the christian perspective um and and like biblical perspective related to sin is like feeling shame then means you, you you have some level of conscience to give you like that guilt that something is off. Right. And so it's like, I feel shame because I, let's say, you know, I maybe shorted someone in a business deal or whatever. And then all of a sudden I feel shameful about that. That's good shame because that is keeping me from being kind of a soulless jerk. Right. right? Like you want to feel shame about that. And that's where specifically with all this fat nonsense that we have nowadays and body positivity, it's like, people are like, I shouldn't feel bad about being fat. And it's like, no, it's okay to feel bad about being fat oh, absolutely. because it, it, or being shoot out of shape, <laughs> overweight, just not where you want to be. Sure. Sure. Because that means you want to be somewhere. Right. And now take that though and do something about it. Because that's the thing that bothers me when people hate on fat shaming is like the conversation. I've seen some commercials recently, especially talk about like, they talk about being overweight. Like it's an unavoidable illness like it's right like it's parkinson's or ms or some <laughs> disease that people just get and we don't know what causes it and have no reason for the cure right and it's like no 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 we know exactly what happened here yep 
Too many ho hos, not enough, <laughs> not enough. Wing, too much wings and ice cream. Man. Yes, <laughs> wings and ice cream, and no workout regimen, yep. and sedentary lifestyle. And Bill Burr, he says it back. See, he says, "You ate your way in, you can walk your way out." <laughs> yep, that's funny. But, no, and like, yeah, no, I agree with that. And the first kind of like feeling I got of that, mm-hmm. I guess, was so I'm into David Goggins. Yeah, yep. listen to David Goggins. We are too. Go listen to him. You wouldn't know because you don't listen, but I listened to his books and then I'm pretty sure I did a whole episode on it. So it's fine. Maybe maybe I'll know in the future (laughs) someday. But uh, the first video I ever saw of him, Mm -hmm. uh, I was pretty out of shape, even worse than I am now. And I'm still recovering from the whole baby Mm -hmm. phase, but it's pretty out of shape and just feeling kind of down and trying to look for some motivation, you know, gym motivation. Mm -hmm. I looked up like a motivational video on YouTube or something, you know, some rookie fitness person would look up and it was a David Goggins video. It was just this kind of cut clips of him like running and, you know, go stay hard, you yeah. know, and then a voiceover of it or whatever. Uh-huh. And he's like, it was him talking. He's like, you know, people always say like, oh, like, it's okay. You're not fat or whatever. And he goes, you might be fat, <laughs> but, <laughs> right. that's, but that's okay. Yes. You know, and, and it's, it's, you know, we have these people and I experienced this a little bit, which I have a great group of friends and support mm-hmm. people or whatever. But when I was kind of down after the whole app mm-hmm. thing, you know you know people are like ah you you have new baby all this stuff you don't need you know like it's okay that you're missing the gym like mm-hmm. for the past two or three weeks straight yeah oh it's okay because you got this going on but like sometimes you need someone to be like like in that video david david was like you know you need a friend that's like put your shoes on i don't care what you're like i don't care yeah. you got. put mm-hmm. your shoes on we're going running sometimes you need someone that's like i don't really mm-hmm. care what you're going through yeah this is something you need to do Let's to me do that's it. a true friend That's someone who really cares about you. Is they're gonna? Because I don't know if you listened to the latest episode of Joe Rogan where Goggins came on, and I think I listened like part of it. How could you listen to part of it? What you're an animal. Look, if if I don't, I'm not. If I'm not listening to this podcast, (laughs) and this is top tier. Then I don't know. I Joe expect to get a whole, a whole got jo- nothing on <laughs> got me. Nothing, man. How can I make um, it through a whole Joe Rogan? I know. Well, no, he talks about. Um, one of the best quotes from that is he goes, I would rather you, I would rather make you better and you hate me than um, let you stay the same and you like me. Right. And essentially it's saying that like, and that's what I try and tell people is um, I, or I don't know if I, how many, I've, I've definitely said this to people before, not recently, but like very seriously to friends be like, if I ever get fat, like if I ever all start, like all of a sudden I got gut going on or whatever. I need you to be like, hey, Gus, kind of fat there. Yeah. No. You, you want to know a funny story? Actually, yeah. on that note, my wife did this on accident. Um, she, uh, <laughs> this would have been a year, year and a half ago or whatever. Randomly, though, we're just sitting there, um, you know, cuddling, watching a show or whatever. And she like rubs my stomach just a little bit. And it was just, it was, like I said, it was fat for me. Yep. Um, and I'm spoiled. I basically had a six pack my whole life. And, then I didn't, right? But then, and then I got a little bit of chub, and and she like patted it, and I just looked <laughs> yeah. at her. I stopped and just looked at her like a dog when they see a cat walk by, and they're just like, "What?" Yeah. And then, and she's like, "What?" And I was like, "Are you calling me fat right now?" She goes like, "No, no." She goes, "I love your stomach, all this stuff," and 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 I realized she didn't mean anything by it, but it triggered something in me. Yeah. And then, um, so I. <laughs> 
So then fast forward and I'd have moments where like, I don't feel like going to the gym or whatnot, or if I'm at the gym and I'm not living, it's not going good. I, I am very mean to myself people. And I've, I've told people about this and their faces, we were in Denver. So all very nice people generally, um, um, not in a bad way, but more liberal leaning people. And so they speak nicely. Yep. Um, and I don't, and I was talking and we were talking about something and I was like, yeah, sometimes at the gym, I'll just like hit my stomach gently and be like, you like that fatty? You like that fatty? Huh? Do you want to keep that? Do you Bro. want that to go away? And then, and, and it works. And then I'm like, no. And then I boom, get into a good workout yep. and here we are. Right. Dude, that's what I'll, I'll be at the gym, you know? And, uh, the CrossFit workouts are a lot of like, mm-hmm. lot of, like heavy breathing stuff that mm-hmm. just puts you on the floor. Like it's not fun really to do. No. Like it's hindsight. It's fun. But during the workout, it's not fun. Mm-hmm. And I'll be kind of like complaining about it in my head or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'll always go, man, Caleb, you're being such a little whiny baby boy right now. <laughs> like, let's go harden up, you know, toughen yeah, up a little boy. bit. Like, we're going to go grind on this. There but. was a video recently where Goggins did that. Someone, someone emailed him and they were talking about like, they want to get back to the gym and work out like him, but they just, they can't find the motivation wherever he goes. He goes, you know, I used to be you <laughs> yep. and I don't want to have to mark this as explicit, so I won't say it, but he, he goes, he goes, I. You know, I, 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 I used to, I used to be you, be where you're at. It's called being a little bit. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, 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 and I was like, oh yeah, but that's, that's his thing is like, you know, people will, like you said, people love to make excuses for you and say, well, you're dealing with this or that. And I've definitely shifted with some people where, cause I can be overly blunt and hurt people's feelings, but, um, and there's a place and a time mm-hmm. for it and a certain person. Yes. Know. Well, and sometimes though, too, what I've realized is like, it's going to be hurtful in the moment and they might get mad at you in the moment and it might kind of ruin that interaction. But later, but it's going to be later because there have been plenty of times where I've had those sort of interactions and people weren't even saying anything, but I hear something and then I think about it for myself and then I go in later and then I make a change and I'm like, yep. no, that's right. And it wakes you up, right? Because yep. you need, you need that. So you need the type well, of friends that'll call you fat. No. And I think it's important because, you know, you say you got a thousand reasons to not do something. If, mm-hmm. if someone you respect gives you an out, mm-hmm. that's just another big reason. Not yeah. To do you're it. like, oh, they don't want me to do it. So it's fine. Well, I've, I've had, we've had those moments here where, um, whatever reason we're like, oh, we're going to go to the gym. I, I remember one specific instance. I don't remember the details, but basically it was wife and I, and we were like going to go to the gym and maybe it was a Saturday morning or something ran some random time. And, um, and it came time and it was a hard day or something or a long day, or it was sure. kind of late at that point, later than expected. Well, yep. actually this happened off air. Gabe who came on the podcast after we got done and we were talking before he left and he was like, yeah, we were going to go to the gym tonight, but now it's like nine o'clock. And I was like, do it do it i was like you were gonna go then you need to go because go. it's those times where your day didn't go well you're off your schedule that right. that's the that's time builds that builds your discipline the most is when you can still say no i'm going to find a way and so i remember we were we were talking you remember this juliana and it was you were like i started putting my gym stuff on you're like oh we still going to the gym and i was like you you said you wanted to go to the gym and you said it to the wrong person because guess what? We're going to the gym. Yep, gotta go. Dude, and then we went to the gym and it was great. But I, that's I think, what you needed. I, yeah. And I think there's like has to be a level of pro, like almost pride with it. I don't need the lights. <laughs> I actually work. I literally don't turn my lights on in my office. Well, you have two ever. like 30 inch screens. They're big. They blind my corneas. Yes. And then you have your clear case desktop that has all these lights in it. You don't that's need true. it. That is true. But I think there's a level of uh, 
like pride you almost have to have mm-hmm. to be disciplined and yeah. like there's a place for it right mm-hmm. so like i was bringing up in like these crossfit workouts you know there's the, the joke like you got a vegan and a crossfitter in a room who talks first <laughs> <laughs> but, <That's funny>. <laughs> but uh, you know like some workouts mm-hmm. obviously i like supporting people we're having a good time i like to be encouraging mm-hmm. but you know you're in the middle of a workout right you're dying there's in my opinion there's two ways to keep yourself afloat way one is to put yourself as a superhero above everything else okay. everyone else I sit there and I'm running or something and I go, man, if anyone else felt like I feel right now, they'd quit, mm-hmm. but I don't quit. Oh. And it hypes you, right? So that's the, that's the Goggins. That's the Goggins. That's but, David. Well, there's David and then there's Goggins, there's Goggins, right? Yep. And then the other part of it is something I found out recent. I've like been doing for a while, mm-hmm. but I've recently dug into it. So David Goggins talks about how, um, you know, and like buds, like the officers are always like, comparing themselves to you yeah you can steal someone's soul Mm -hmm. by by you know making them not believe they're better than you or whatever right because everyone wants to be better well i figured out if you're in pain and you're having a horrible workout right Mm -hmm. and you look at someone and you genuinely encourage them and you say you know like i know you can do it yeah right in your mind subconsciously like you know what kind of david says is like you think you're better than the person Mm -hmm. right you can't believe that you can't do it when mm-hmm. you're actively telling someone they can. Yep. It also pumps you up. Mm-hmm. So I think there's two ways. It's to be super, super prideful. Yeah. And just say, I'm a superhero mm-hmm. among everyone else. Or it's to encourage someone and subconsciously know that if they mm-hmm. can do it, you can also do it. Yep. I like that. I well, I have a very similar approach with a superhero. I don't, it's maybe worded a little differently. I basically say, I say, what kind of person do I want to book? Do I want to be right? Yep. Am I going to be the quitter or am I going to be the person that, that, that gets through it? Right? right. And, and so it's essentially the same thing, like you said, but I like that telling yourself, no, I'm, I'm freaking, I'm above this. I can get through it. And that's that Goggins. So <laughs> yeah. do you, cause you've read his books, listen to him. Yep. Yes? Yep. Yep. I'm almost done with the second one. Not mm-hmm. quite done. But. So what's your uh what's your alter ego name your savage alter <laughs> ego name he talks about it and you know he he's there's david and then yep. there's goggins right when goggins comes out he's he's the savage right so yep. i what's yours you wouldn't know mine because you don't Man, listen to the podcast but you know i uh, <laughs> uh mine's the head honyak <laughs> just what a horrible name it's too long no mine um i don't really have one you, you have know, to come up with one it's, dude. It's, mine's almost one. opposite because it's almost oh. like like i'm caleb or whatever uh-huh and then if i'm not like i'm a little whiny baby boy okay yeah i almost do the opposite yeah you're it's little whiny baby boy and then there's caleb yeah okay that hey but, that's a method though but it's funny you can always tell when i get hyped up at the gym yeah. like when we're doing heavy lifting mm-hmm. so i used to do lifting cycles um just with like the steroids coach and right another guy <laughs> duh that's the only way to get bit no just, you said cycles and lifting and so i assume steroids. eleven thousand dollars worth of steroids every month <laughs> <laughs> but I just don't, I just got this way from raw liver. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. But no, um, I do like these lifting cycles and with my coach and this other guy and mm-hmm. they'd work out, you know, they were a little bit more disciplined than me on the workout, but I'm, I'm not naturally fit in cardio shape, but I yeah. can pack on muscle decently. But one of the ways I get pumped up, I'll do a big lift. I throw it down. Cause you know, there's mm-hmm. rubber plates. 
And I look at everyone and scream, put some freaking weight on the bar. <laughs> so we were, like we were doing clean and jerks and we we're going um, up and I'm not like, I'm not super strong. Mm-hmm. So my max is, I don't know, like 235 or something. Yeah. And, but when I was hitting that max though, a guy I thought could lift heavier than me, I was keeping pound for pound with him, you know? Oh. And it was getting where both of us are struggling, but we're mm-hmm. both... And so he'd do it, and I think he thought I couldn't do it, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd lift it, and I'd throw it down, and go, put some freaking weight on the bar, you know, just power it up, dude. No, that's when I get hyped. Up. That's kind of mm-hmm. like my version of Goggins, like you don't know me, son. Yeah, you don't know me, yeah. son. <laughs> when he gets, when Goggins really comes out, when Goggins really. Comes well, out. to educate you, because all the listeners already know, because they listen. Um, <laughs> All night, wow. dude. All oh, night. Man. Welcome, welcome man. to the fold. No, mine's mine's pretty simple because I was thinking about it and I was like trying to figure it out and come up with something cool. And I was like, no need to get complicated. Yep. There's Gus, and Gus is great. Yep. And then there's getting the workout, getting the middle of the stuff, and the Viking comes out. The Vi- that's and fair. and it's just that's like fair. and like I'm on that. I've done my workout. I'm doing my burnout on the stairs stair climber. So one one thing I started doing. Well, they recently got assault bikes. So I started doing a Tabata Gosh. on that, Gosh. but I, I had been doing stair stepper five minutes of like basically as fast as I can go. Yep. Um, so like usually after minimum of two and a half minutes, I had to set a minimum because it's like, especially when I first started doing oh, it's it, it's better now. But, yeah. and so it would vary. Some days I would only do two and a half. Some days I could hit five. But is that was like where a lot of times it really it, I'd have I'd have those moments because I'd be like, oh, it's like I hit two minutes or whatever. Like, it's only been two minutes. And then yeah. like I look up and the song either hits just right or something clicks. And like I, I'm always like right before this happens or when this does happen, I was like, I, I wonder because I people watch at the gym. Yep. And I was like. <laughs> It's like, I wonder, wonder what, I wonder what someone rando who sees me when that moment clicks and I'm definitely probably going to look on my face and like, (laughs) I like get this, I can feel it. Like my eyes get real intense and I just stare like straight ahead. And like, I, I can, I can feel it. Like my energy changes and I'm like, I've, I hopefully, I I, I don't know. I always, and then in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about like, I wonder what I look like, or I wonder who's watching and what they're thinking. Yeah, I hope they're afraid. No, I feel there's that. a like, part of me. I hope they look at that guy and they're like, "Oh, that dude's in it." Oh yeah, that's what I hope, dude. Like a salt bike or something. Mm-hmm. You know, the eyes narrow. Yeah. You kind of stare into space. Mm-hmm. But then, like, uh, we did a lifting workout yesterday that I helped come up with that I kind of regretted, <laughs> and it got to like a heavy set of three, two rounds of three mm-hmm. power, clean and jerks at two twenty five, which Ooh. is like. You know, yeah. that's extremely close to my one rep max, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone's, you know, a lot of people scale, which is fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely fine. It's level of effort that you care about, mm-hmm. right? But they finished a little before me. I'm going slow because I'm, you know, it's hard work. So everyone's staring at me, cheering on because that's kind of quote unquote the CrossFit way. Yeah. You know? And, uh, but like, I, I knew it was going to be heavy. I got in my zone after the first lift, mm-hmm. I got in my zone the chest puffs up a little bit you know and you're Mm -hmm. just getting pumped up Mm -hmm. but i know the i know the the feeling of like that switch happens Mm -hmm. and your demeanor changes too you know and honestly for me when i tell people to if i'm in a situation where people can encourage me i'm not a big fan of like just like you can do it or it's like i'd rather you come up to me and be like what kind of man are you no yeah what kind of what are you gonna do like what are you made my favorite thing is i um, probably my favorite one that I say to myself is like, what are you made of? Like, 
what do you mean? Prove it right here. Yep. And, um, yeah, I get real personal. Like I said, <laughs> I'm very mean to myself. I would never say most of what I say to me to anyone else because yeah. I can imagine that some people would probably just start crying because <laughs> it's very mean and personal. Nah, but, I feel that, mm-hmm. man. By the way, have you ever, this is a very kind of random tangent, but perfect assault bike. Yeah. You ever do like intervals on it? Where okay. You, where you can't feel your quads after literally. Okay. Tabata. That's all I do on it. Okay. Do you know but, what a Tabata is? Yeah, I know what Tabata is. Okay. Uh, yeah, no. The, well, it's, it's preset in there. Okay. It's, it's awesome. So the ones, so, the, so I go to Vasa and they just got them. Um, I think they had them in like their little like group exercise room. You got to have higher tier membership to do that. Sure. I, not for me. But then randomly I came last week or whatever. And I was like, they got assault bikes out on the, in the cardio area now. And I was like, awesome. let's go. And so I went and started to do it. And I was like, what should I do? And I was like, I'll just do like five hard minutes. Like I do on the stair stepper. And then I realized I, that oh. goes real quick. And then it had a little 2010 button. And I was like, let's hit that. Let's do it. And it's eight rounds and 20 a hard, 10 in recovery. It's been perfect. So dude, I challenge you. So we randomly do like these either sprint intervals mm-hmm. or, or hard bike work into workouts. Yeah. Twice now. I've hit it where I give the full out dead sprint at the end. Mm-hmm. Your quads cramp up oh, for like 15 minutes straight. Oh my You can't gosh. stand it. And my brother-in-law did it the other day, uh-huh. like after some sprint and it's, it's, you start to pay, it puts you in pure panic because you sit there and your legs, I mean, they're just cramped, but they hurt. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're like, I've had pain like, you know, mm-hmm. but then you're sitting there and you're like, uh oh, it's not going away. <laughs> like, what do I do? And you start to panic and all you can do is roll around. And then you think, oh, I need to get up and walk to uh-huh. get the blood going. So you get up, take four steps and you're like, I can't walk. <laughs> like, but So do like something like five, one minute sprints. Oh gosh. Okay. Or like, and then with like no breaks and uh, do like a, like a 30 second break okay. or something. And that last one, I mean, blow. Although, you might look weird because you will be on the floor. <laughs> you will be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ah, you're just like no, rolling at someone's door. Are you so okay? Bad. I'm fine. Leave me alone. No, it's pure panic because you're literally like, like, I don't know what to do about it. You know? like <laughs> You just got to ride it out. Yeah. You gotta, you're, like, you're like David after Dennis. You're like, is this forever? <laughs> yeah. Am I is this, do I need now? a wheelchair? <laughs> is oh. this how I'm going to feel? That's, that's shoot. All right, challenge accepted. Get quads. Murder my quads. Yep. Make sure you're wearing short shorts when you do it. Oh, I almost, that's almost all I wear. That's good. Mm -hmm. I respect you for that. Well, and I I usually wear tights too. I don't know about mites. What? Mites, man tights? No, they're not, they're just tights. Yeah, they're mites, and I just don't know how. They're they're working out. I just don't know how I feel about them. One of them are American flag. Listen. Freedom. You can ask and I wear American flag headband. That is cool too. I've so seen I'm, American I'm, flag chubbies. See, you're gonna sit over here and say mites, and we're not gonna act like chubbies. Is have you ever seen chubbies? Yes, I know what chubbies are, and I hate the name. <gasps> I said the name. Okay, that's fine. I think it's a dumb name. It's it's an okay name. But hey, let me tell hey, you, bro, nice chubbies. No, yeah, come on. I'd man. rather guys. You know what the motto rather, is? I'd rather hear "Hey, nice tights." Nah, than, no. You know what their yes. motto is? What? Skies out, thighs out. I know. Tell me you don't respect that. No, I love that, but I just, I have never really got it, behind their names you can specifically. Ask, it, it will be zero degrees. Mm-hmm. If I go to the gym, 
I'm wearing shorts. I have never worn. I think I've worn pants one time to the mm-hmm. gym. And it was when I knew I was just lifting like cleaning mm. jerks or something and wanted to protect my legs and it was cold. Yeah. But like if we're doing any sort of cardio, I will not wear anything covering my shins mm. or my knee. I just won't do it. No, I'm with you. I don't wear pants. I can't do pants. I can at most do pants for like a warm up. I consider tights the same. Then it's not. Uh, it's not. No, I've no, no. Worn... Because tights are skin tight and it promotes blood flow no, and helps I've, prevent I've your quads cramping. Um, and so that's more so why I wear the tights is because that's much different than full blown pants. You also have to remember too, uh, doing my whole storm chaser gig, you, you saw the pants we had to wear for that, right? I don't know. They were parachute pants and they're like super poofy, these crappy cack and they were the worst, (laughs) but no, I don't No, I'm a tights guy because I like, I just like the compression it adds. Oh, cause I wear uh, I don't wear them every day because I only have three pairs. And so usually on my upper body days, I'll just wear regular compression shorts. But it's sure. like, do you wear compression shorts? Oh, yeah. Chubbies kind of have some built in. I wear a lot of chubbies. So not often, though. If I'm not wearing yeah. chubbies, I'm not wearing compression shorts. Nah, see, I, I like compression shorts. Well, it helps with like different things like chafing and whatnot. But the tight's more so just from a compression aspect. And when I'm working out my legs. That's that's, the, and, and see, that's the big difference where the, it's like, you, I can see where you say they're basically pants but they actually serve a functional purpose that's the best okay that's the best argument for tights i've heard yeah. like most people like like me and this buddy i had a really close guy at the gym mm-hmm. and he's always like oh it's cold you, you know it's got the tights on and i'm like no, i don't wear them because they're cold well, i wear them in the summer i'm down in houston when my gym couldn't get below 80 degrees because it's oh, houston yeah that's rough i wore my tights on my leg days that's they fair. serve a functional purpose it also helps that they look cool American flag. Well, the other ones I've just had for years, and it's like I'm too cheap to go buy new tights. And it's like I've got tights, so I'm also gonna wear them. Right. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. I respect that. Yeah. And so that's why I'm like, but there's plenty of days that I don't wear them because they're dirty, or I'm just like I don't feel like putting those on. But that's my main reasoning. There is just it's that compression gives you a little bit extra blood flow to help you get a little bit better pump. That's fair. So that's fair. I think there's plenty of people though that wear those three quarter length ones just because <laughs> it's a cool factor. Yeah. I don't wear those uh. ones. Yeah. No, mine. My wife would probably say that I probably need to get rid of one of those pairs. Dude, I'm, <laughs> they definitely w- have holes way way up in the crotch <laughs> that will that don't get exposed, and like they've I've had them like a decade, so yeah, dude, they've seen better days. I feel that. But m- mites, I've never mites. heard that. That's what I call them. I you call freaked them me mites. out. You know, you gave me PTSD there because you said mites, and it took me, and I was like, mites, like you talking like scabies? Because I had that in college, and that was oh, fun. That's horrible. And scabies are just a type of mite that burrow under your skin and spread like wildfire and you wake up itching and the only you have to go get prescribed cream and just like bed bugs you have to wash everything you own because they get everywhere miserable and then like a year later i got bed bugs from i'm pretty sure an arkansas motel yeah and and same situation i spent I spent, I think, three nights at a laundromat and spent I don't know how much money. Just I took every, all of my clothes oh. and trash bags, all of my bedding, anything that was fabric. You, you like you have to put your books in the freezer because they even can get in the pages of books. Sucks. And so and and so you like put them in the freezer and you have to wash everything on high heat and dry it on high heat to make sure you murder those things. And um, yeah, it was bad. That's horrible. It was what a plague. <laughs> yes there's things where i'm like i wish god could uncreate that it's <laughs> it's scabies and like bed bugs 
um those like i can live with mosquitoes it's whatever um what yeah because he said mites referring to mantites permethrin i've had it no way it's a component so what i got boom ivermectin miracle drug write it down this has now been flagged for covid misinformation (laughs) i no. so mine was called permethrin and you know what's crazy i had friends and she was like tried all these home remedies like you take vinegar in the shower and you and you just you wash with vinegar yeah it burns i'm really sure it bad I'm and sure it doesn't it does. fix it <laughs> so it was just like pure agony. sanctioned self-torture uh can you let her out yeah, yeah. and sanctioned self-torture that didn't fix anything and then i finally am like all right i'm gonna go to the doctor go to the doctor whoa dude nice bro yeah, it's, it's genetic, though, and it actually it, is for you. It actually is genetic. It's horrible. That's wild, though. Uh, go to the doctor. He gives me a little tube. It's like a small tube of toothpaste. And it says, put this all over your body tonight. Go to sleep. Wake up in the morning. Take a shower. And then do that same treatment again the next night, but just put it on. And then um, rinse it off like an hour later. Don't sleep with it. I'm pretty sure that's what he did. Basically, gone instantly. And I was just like, what? I spent like a couple weeks. I had them for about a month. Because at first a I thought a month? Well, because it kind of looked like poison ivy. And I've had poison oh. ivy before. But I've gotten so hard um, as far as mindset with poison ivy. I've beat it a couple times yep. with like resisting the itch. Oh. Because I've had it plenty of times where it's like real bad on my side. And then I remember one time I got it on my ankle. I was like, I just washed it, rinsed that area with some Dawn soap and water. And then just literally was able to resist the itch. And it went away in a couple of days. And I was wow. like, it was incredible. I was like, I'm a freaking poison ivy king. Yeah, Bring it on. That's crazy. I'll roll in the ivy. I won't. It's not. <laughs> Me and my brothers get it. But yeah, no, I, I had, at first I thought it was poison ivy. And so I tried the typical treatment of calamine lotion, which is just, a, it's just a coating that prevents oils from spreading. Yep. But little did I know, these were dust mites that were burrowing under my skin. So yeah. that didn't do anything. That is horrible. And then there's a couple of weeks where my friend was trying to help me with all these freaking stupid home remedies. It ended up just being old wives' tales nonsense, and I'm there dumping vinegar on my skin, and it's burning oh. in the shower. Uh, and then I finally, I, I remember I was like, I think I was talking on the phone with my parents or my mom or whatever, and I told them about it, and she was like, I'm coming down, you're going to the doctor. And I was like, I was like, no. <laughs> she was like, yeah. And we did it, and I was like, I should have done this after three days. Yeah. Because it spread. The worst part about it is they only go active at night. So oh. during the day, I would be fine. But then, literally, you at try night, to sleep, and it's just you just can't. Dude, sleep. you try to sleep, and like you're just itchy, and then and but then like I would I was taking Benadryl, yeah, uh, and did that help? And I would conk it. Yeah, I'm like sleeping in sweats, by the way, because that helps with like like a hoodie and sweats, oh. so I don't have direct access to the skin. Yeah, it helped me fall asleep, and then I would wake up in the middle of the night and wake up, and my hand would already be scratching. Wow, it's like and and, and 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 you would scratch and it would inevitably bleed a little bit, right? And they would just go and literally five minutes at the doctor. She looks at me, she goes, "Yep, that's scabies. Here's the cream, put it on, Jeez. and it's gone." And I was like, "This is stupid. I should have done this from the get go." But yeah, scabies. What you a brought, bummer. Yeah, you brought back people like throw around the word trauma. I feel like that is very, 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 very low grade, <laughs> yeah. low grade. But 
I wouldn't. But it sparks a memory. It's a dude, core memory. And if God could, un- if I could have him uncreate anything, <laughs> it would probably, I don't know if it'd be bed bugs or scabies first, but I feel like they're cousins and they could both go. I, I don't need that. them. Dude, no. okay. On God and creation, well, I, I got to ask. Uh-huh. What's up with the pyramids? Oh, geez. Have you seen, I've seen facts the other day. I saw uh-huh. like the video of like some facts about the pyramids. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Almost every single day since that video, I've thought about the pyramids. <laughs> and that was months ago. Every day, you're just waking up Dude. going, but the pyramids. Okay, well, yeah, no, seriously, because, okay, have you heard, like, all the kind of, like, facts about them, I guess? Like what? So like, how like, big the stones are, how, big the stones how heavy are, they are, how, how many they are, are, how, like, the geometry of it, and the, what it would take dude, to move those stones. Yeah, but, like, like how it's positioned to yes. true north. Yes. The exactness yes. of each side mm-hmm. mixed with, you know, the weight of the stones, obviously, yes. where they came from, mm-hmm. the scoops out of the granite quarry. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the scoops? I haven't seen the scoops. Dude, it looks like someone took a spoon and just yeah, scooped Google. it out of there. What, what do I look up? I don't know. Pyramid granite quarries? Scoops. <laughs> scoops. I'm going to look up scoops. Uh, no, it's pyramid. I'm going to leave my post. And okay, that's fine. No, anything? This? Um, scoops. We'll just add scoops to it and see what happens. That? Yeah, yeah, click on that. What? Dude, so, um, let me go back to this mic over So here. that's like granite, and it just Bro, scoops so out of it? it literally oh, I see looks this. like someone took, it literally looks like someone took scoops out of the granite. No, I see this, yeah. So if you look up, just look up Egypt Pyramid Granite Scoop. It come, no, that is weird. Okay. It's like an ice cream scoop. So how you, right? It's yeah, granite though. That's it. So here's my question for you: how, how do you think the pyramids were made? I have a um, theory. I have a theory. Well, actually, so I'm glad you brought that up because I don't know if you've seen Graham Hancock's Ancient Apocalypse on Netflix. I have not. Oh, this will this will because this is right in line with. He touches on the pyramids, but he talks about these other sites that are similar, where it's like they're positioned to True North and all these other different things. Yep, highly advanced. His theory is essentially that there was more or less an ancient apocalypse ten thousand ish years ago, or and it lasted for a while, and it was a series of catastrophic events. Sure, and but prior to that, we actually had because the general going theory is that there's lost the, technology. Well, 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 like the mainstream theories say, you know, these ancient peoples were rudimentary. They had some advancements. We know the ancient Egyptians knew, had some good technologies, but nothing that it was even close to what we have today. And he basically is questioning that and saying, like, you look at things like the pyramids and you're like, this is way too advanced for these ancient rudimentary civilizations. It'd be hard for us today. Yeah. We could barely do it today. And so he posits that prior to that there was that big apocalyptic catastrophic which fun fact about related to the bible cohen is mainly in the form of a giant flood so that's kind of fun but um because it would line up in that sense yep and that's where a lot of cultures have an ancient flood narrative and it lines up with the what the young adrius or something is what it's called but and he, he essentially just says yeah so he believes that there were these highly uh, advanced civilizations prior to that, that humanity had gotten to a point and then it all but got wiped out. Okay. And then for some of these, there were some remnants, some people who survived and then they brought and showed like the Mayans, the, the Aztecs, the, 
you know, the Egyptians, and they brought pieces of that ancient, highly um, advanced technologies prior to the catastrophic events and basically erected them and, and helped them build these things, right? Okay. But then those secrets were eventually lost because there was only a few survivors. And so when he said that, I was like, because, you know, there's the show Ancient Aliens and people just see aliens built the pyramids. And I don't know where I stand on aliens, but so his to me is the one that makes really the most sense. And then I buy into it. I'm like, I have no reason to believe, to not believe that humans didn't reach this crazy peak of technology and advancement. And then it somehow there's a bunch of lost technology and inexplicable things. Like it's, it's kind of arrogant to be like, we're the peak of humanity right. now. Well, dude, I have a very similar, but like slightly different theory. Than okay. That. Because I've also seen also kind of on the technology thing. They have these like slices in the granite mm-hmm. where they, they can tell there's some machinery on them. I mean, mm-hmm. they cut perfectly, right? Yeah. Okay. And maybe you can help me with some of the theology of this. Cause I don't know the full, but tower of Babel. Uh-huh. Babylon's not that far from Egypt, first of all. But no. Nope, Tower of Babel. Uh, they were trying to, like, build up to each god, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know how high they got. But obviously God was like, you guys got too high. <laughs> like, like, Whoa, now. He's like, sitting there on his throne, and he's like, he looks down, and he's like, what the heck is... Oh, uh... He's like, he's like, Jesus, get the buckets. <laughs> yeah, but, so, like, it was like, obviously, there's some sort of of engineering going on there mm-hmm. right i'm thinking we they could have been that's like where a lot of people were right mm-hmm. maybe all the people i don't know but very i think there was very technologically advanced more mm-hmm. than likely and then when god scattered the people and confused their languages a yeah. lot of it was lost yeah well i no, i can totally buy into that when you know that actually there's a lot about ancient babylon as far as like the hanging gardens and different things about it well and then and then there's uh herod the great's temple and there's lots of stuff that is like in recent memory and history that we don't know how to explain. Right. And so to me, a theory like that makes complete and total sense. And then uh, I think it was in, in the same series, Ancient Apocalypse. You'll definitely go watch it. It's like six episodes. It's great. Okay. Um, he goes to a couple sites in the U.S. too. It's a lot of fun. One site actually kicks him out after they found out it was him. Like he's kind of a... He's kind of uh, blacklisted in the archaeology community because really? who would have thought big big archaeology is kind of like uh, there's like a narrative <laughs> big, that, they, big that they that they follow right and it's like you either you either go with this this is what we've decided and there's definitely no other possibilities and if you go against that which he does you get called a lunatic so um, but he he mentions he goes think about some of the technologies and things that we have today and let's say something like Tower of Babel happened or something like the flood happened. Yep. And then hundreds and then thousands of years go by and people discover it. What would be left and what would they discover and how would they be able to decipher it? Right. How much would be lost, especially with how digital today's world is? How much would be lost if we um, if we experienced some crazy apocalypse or something that like wiped us out? You know, what COVID was supposed to be whatever. It's true. And, and and when he said that, I was like, oh. That actually makes sense, right? And same with Tower of Babel. You get confused and all that stuff, and it spreads out over the world. It's like, yeah, a bunch of that is probably lost. and But then remnants of that are probably carried to different parts of the world. And that's right. where you get, like, the, um, what are they called? The, the Nazca lines in South America that they don't know, that are like these giant drawings in the rock on the ground that you see from the sky. 
is where how you see the drawings and it's like okay or you know the mayan temples and things and the pyramids and things like that right. and that's sort of what graham hancock says is he says a lot of these because a lot of these same cultures too they, they have lore and mythology about someone coming from the sea on a ship like sharing ancient knowledge with them and and so to me it all in a weird convoluted way it's kind of fun how a lot of this like coincides with maybe certain things that we hear about in the bible but then also like the fact that all the cultures around the world have the same general narrative right. or lore yep. is 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 suspect and so i think it makes sense i i think your theory totally makes sense dude it just but it still just blows my mind i never thought about how high actually well, I, I don't know how high, yeah, like, what's the height where god where god <laughs> scrambles god your like, language like guys that's stop. the question of the day he's like nope too high <laughs> too high you know how high do you have to build something to then for god to be like and like <laughs> it's it. cool if it's below this if we're below this once you hit that point though it's like too right, close to yeah. heaven we're gonna have to strike you down yep. that's fine right well <laughs> that's funny though huh yeah that's what i think because i and I think it's preposterous to just that there's no explanation and they have no idea, but then they pretend like there's no, it's no, no advanced civilizations that we don't know about. Right. And it's like, there has to be, there's gotta be something there because, and it would make sense that there's an ebb and flow, right? So there's, you get highly advanced and then catastrophic things happen. Things break yep. down. Yep. And then you almost have to start over and build from nothing. And you build on the remnants. And then where we're at now, we're highly advanced. Right. So it can make you a little nervous that, like, yeah. uh, are we getting close to that cliff? Well, yeah. Are we getting Russia nervous? gets too desperate. Dude. I, is, that, is that tower getting too tall? Yeah. What's going on? But, you yeah. know, that remind like, in a similar way, mm-hmm. I kind of think, and this is probably controversial, but Do it. that's what we're here for. In a similar way, climate change, right? Uh-huh. Like, you know, we're in this big climate change crisis. How do we know the world, like, the earth doesn't go through these, like, phases? Well, that's the problem. We do know. But how do we know? Well, Graham Hancock actually touches on that, too. Like, how do we specifically know? know? Well, because we can look, well, at least we think we know, because we look back and we see periods of severe cooling, periods of severe heating. We know that there's a macro cycle. Yep. And so... And so I, well, my take is it's extremely arrogant to think in the last 200 years that we've severely altered the climate and are killing the earth. And it's more likely that we're now playing a bigger part in the, in, in this macro and having a little bit of an effect on how the macro cycle goes, but that there's just a macro, there's cycles of the earth that it goes through when it's severe heating, severe cooling, things like that, that you see. And it's like, rivers rise and things go and i i think to just be able to like pinpoint what we were talking about earlier where it was like yeah it's way oh yeah when i was like we were talking about homelessness and it was like some people just say affordable housing and it's like boom solved homelessness it's like that that is way more complicated yep and to me i think okay so i said we do know meaning we know that there's there's macro cycles long before we had any sort of effect right and so like who's not to say how much of this is all was already us. was already going to happen and how much is us. Right. And so to me, it's, it, it's even beyond that to say this is happening purely because of us. Right. right. And so, but, but then I see what you're saying where it's like, we don't really know as much as we think we know. Right. And, and, and I'm always weary of, I think there's certain things, almost phrases like algorithms, you know, you know, this, they catch, you can be set up to, to flag certain things, certain sure, phrases, sure, sure. you know, especially in big tech, there's 
flag certain things. You look for certain things, right? I look for certain things throughout life in different situations that can be kind of a, you know, a, a red flag. Like one time way back in the day when I was on a Tinder date and she talked about how she used to do meth with her friend. <laughs> and then I said, I don't think we're going to have a second date in my brain, right? Like that's a red flag. Right. That's an obvious one. But then more so it's like anytime I've always thought about, okay, if I ever get hooked in some like denomination or religion and all of a sudden there's some weird thing where it's like, hey, you have to give all of your wives to me and I get to have sex with all of them. <laughs> Probably as soon as weird sexual deviancy, (laughs) I'm in a cult. That's like cult red flag, right? (laughs) Right. And then imagine um, it just hits you that like you're in a cult. Dude, I can't even that moment hits you like, oh, man, I'm in a cult. Well, and that's why I have to I make sure I think about this a lot. It's like if I'm ever in a situation and there's ever some weird instance where it's like one dude gets all the wives now or something weird like that. I'm going to be like, oh, I think I'm in a cult. <laughs> I, I, I just and, think- and have that, and I pre-decided. And then the other one is, anytime anyone wants to try and predict the apocalypse, like all the crazy Christians that are like, God's coming back this date. I'm like, it explicitly it says, says in the no Bible, right. you don't know. And we also know that God operates on a different timeline in terms of how long things take. Right. Right. And, and, and then, but then the same is true. Anytime anyone's like, in five years, this is going to happen. It's going to be irreversible, and it's going to be catastrophic, or in 10 years. Right. And my favorite thing to do is then, all right, so let's look back 100, in the last 100 years at how many times people have predicted this. I mean, I think in the 70s or 80s, they said there was going to be an oil shortage in the next 20 years or something. And then yep. we discover fracking and things and natural gas, and it's like we have more fossil fuels than ever. <laughs> right. Well, dude, in a similar way, and like, I'm not here to like question science or anything. Right. Like, you know, obviously mm-hmm. scientists have put in a lot of work. They know mm-hmm. their research, but a lot of it's theory, right? Mm-hmm. Like, on, and you know, I don't get how they can like carbon date things and say this is X number of million years old. I'm like, I'm assuming they're looking at a pattern mm-hmm. of, isn't it like carbon deterioration yeah. or half-life or whatever, something of that. I don't know the exact thing, but I'm like. So that would be true, assuming there's no big thing that happened. Like, we don't know yeah. that some big event mm-hmm. did not affect that. Right. Like, there could this have been is assuming it's just been a very, a very gradual, natural cycle. Right. And that's one thing that... It's assuming he, a pattern. It, that's one thing that Graham touches on, too. He goes to this place. It's either... It's in, like, a Montana or Washington or Oregon or something. But it's this giant kind of, like, r- ravine... So it's almost like the Grand Canyon a little bit. And it's got these cliffs on either side, but it's like a mile wide. Right. And he's like, he's like standing here. He's like, you know, you're in a canyon. Like what makes this? And he's like, when you really start to dig into things, he's like, this is actually more like an ancient apocalyptic riverbed, like a mass flooding event where, you know, it rises where it's hundreds of feet of water all of a sudden. And, right. and, and then what does it carve out? It, this is a giant riverbed, right. right? And then over time, it shrinks down. Instead of the going theory where it's, this was a tiny river on a flat piece of earth. And over time, it just cut it down and cut <laughs> it down in millions of years. He's like, or you had one giant flood moment and, and you already had a little carving and it just carved out a whole bunch. Right. Which the funny thing about that is when you look at it, it's like there's catastrophic events all giant earthquakes, hurricanes, things like that, that alter all the time. And now we've built in stuff to kind of mitigate that. But, and you know, it's like, who's to say there weren't worse ones at different times in history, especially knowing the macro cycles when it was colder and hotter. And so it just gets so convoluted so quickly for me where I'm like, I, it's too short-sighted and arrogant. And also I think just a, a scare tactic to, to get power into 
force people to do what you want. Um, when you say things like we are killing the planet and we, um, it's, you know, if we don't get rid of fossil fuels in 10 years, it's going to be apocalyptic. It's going to be the book of Eli. And I'm like, I don't think right. so. No, that's yeah. And that's kind of like, that's just how today's politics is, you know? Well, I think, I also think that's kind of how it's always been. People like to, I don't get too caught up either in saying, you know, it's crazier than ever. People used to be able to be civil. People used to be able to be more civil, but don't forget a lot of our founding fathers and early on in our country, people were beating each other with canes on the Senate floor. Okay. (laughs) You don't see that anymore. No, it's true. Challenging each other to duels. Right. No, I think the big difference now is just like more the public reaction mm. to it. And it's because of social media, obviously. Yeah. And it's way easier to be mean. You to get everything online. instantly too. Right. Like if you just go talk to your neighbor and you disagree mm-hmm. about something, you're likely not going to like hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> but online, if you're viewing a post, mm-hmm. you may. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's easier because there's no repercussions, right? Yep. Like, and you know, plenty of people talk about this, but it's, um, Joe Rogan, obviously, on his one of his last episodes, they were talking about this, and he's like, "I go out and he goes, I go out in the world, and everyone's nice to me." Right. And he goes, and "He goes online isn't real life, yeah, because everyone's just mean and a jerk and says these horrible things." And he's like, "But then go outside and go." I know you hate this, Caleb, but go just go out in public, right? <laughs> and, like but I guarantee you, people in general, you may hate it, but people are going to be nice to you, right? And it's yep. like that's there's there's this divide between real life and then the digital space. And they're just kind of polar opposites, and it's created this weird, this you know, where people live live online, and that's where they get it, and then it right. drives everyone mad. And now we're in this craziness that we are, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, mm-hmm. No, <laughs> but touch on that anxiousness, you know, the mm-hmm. public anxiousness. You know, it's interesting because it's it's a little bit worry of like what other people will think, you know, yeah. or be like rude or whatever. But it's mostly, I. Unless it's like a like a like a friend like you or mm-hmm. like a small group of people like that I'm comfortable with people at our gym people at church yeah. like besides that if it's not someone I'm comfortable with I have to calculate small talk in my head oh and it's miserable and so I hate small talk because I'm thinking Me too. okay I could say this and then they'll react like this and then I I'm literally playing chess but with small talk in my head oh, it's miserable gosh see that's why you just throw that strategy out the window and just be like and just be like just be like so what's your deepest hell belief do you have any childhood trauma (laughs) (laughs) what keeps you up at night yeah what's the where do you see yourself in five years just go straight to it i'm with you i really don't like small talk either and that's why a lot of times um i can get frustrated and group settings and people are like, Oh, how are you? I'm good. We're doing this. It's like, it is good in some ways. They're like, Hey, what you've been up to? And it's like, Oh, well this is going on at work or whatever. Kids right. doing this. But for the most part, I'm like, when, when people, people are like, I'm sorry, this is going to get a little deep. And I'm like, bring it, please. I crave like just real raw conversation because I mean, that's, that's really when you get into the interesting parts of people and you can learn a lot and you can grow too. Yeah. So oh, it's just, it's just a waste of time to do any small talk. It's like, I'd rather just not talk to you. Um, really? That's, that's what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. I feel obligated to talk to people if I'm in a, a big room of people, you nope. know? Nope. Don't ah. have to at all. I know. Just to, Or uh, you just be the person that brings up that stuff. Ah. But mm-hmm. what if I, you know, sometimes you're just not in the mood <laughs> to talk. Either. You're just like, no, no, no. Sometimes, sometimes it's good to, that's my hardest thing is because I obviously love to talk and especially in groups is 
trying to, and I've gotten better at it because I've, I've done it a couple times. And then I noticed the value in it of really trying to focus on sitting back and letting someone else and, and, and genuinely listening to someone else. And yep. you find out this is a, this is coming from Jordan Peterson. He talks about this. Um, but he's like, people, he's like, if you actually just sit back and let people kind of talk and re and genuinely, you know, like ask questions and are curious, people are crazy. Interesting. He's like to, to he's a, anyone who says like, Oh, this person's like boring or whatever. And he's like, you just, he goes, no, you just got to listen to people. Right. You and just hit on mm -hmm. what they're, expert on it quote yeah unquote, well not even that just like getting people's thoughts on stuff it's it's always very interesting and that's that's one of my biggest hurdles with like a lot of times our small group and or our sunday school class is um i'm obviously always willing to offer it up and you, you missed a good one i totally botched the easiest bible verse in the world <laughs> Um, someone was teaching. They're like, we all know they referenced John three sixteen, <laughs> and I sat and I, and I and I was like deeply contemplating and like thinking about the lesson. And they said that, and then it was almost like a gym zone out moment, and words just came out of my mouth. They they say, yeah, what's John three sixteen say? And I'm just sitting there, kind of blank stare at the floor, and I just go, for all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God, and then. And then, and then I wait like a second and a half. No one says anything. I wait a second and a half and I go, that's the wrong verse. Dude, okay. What is that? <laughs> Romans 3.23? Yes. Bro, that, those two are easy to, sw to swap. They like are. That, that, that's They're opposites though. <laughs> Literally one is saying everyone's a sinner. The other one is saying, God loves you so much. He sent your son. Believe in him. So it's, it was just funny though. And then, and then after, and like I said that and then people chuckled and they were like, yeah, I was a little confused why you said that. That's funny. And I was like, me too. I don't know why that came out of my mouth. That's I have funny. no idea. It just fell out. And then my brain clicked on and said, dude, that was totally yeah. wrong. <laughs> I don't know where that came. We weren't even in Romans. No one had mentioned that. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I, I kind of think those are too easy on it because they're the, two of the most popular. They are. So then, and it's three. Yep. 16 versus 323. Yeah. So I could, I could agree. I like, I there are two to mix before. up. It's not like I, they were like, and what does John 316 say? It's like Jesus wept. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, nope. Or it's like in the beginning, God yeah. created the heaven. <laughs> yeah. No, not quite that not one. Quite. Right. Oh man. But dude, uh, we've been going almost two hours. Can you believe it? An hour 45. Mm -hmm. Time flies. I know. Uh, so let's close with this. We'll circle back to your correct opinion or your fact. I don't know what you want to say about it on uh, your, your chocolate chip cookie take. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yes. It's been a hot. So I remember when I first joined Sunday, our, our Sunday school group. Yep. And you, you've, you're an OG, been there forever. And well, at least I, I guess I still say that. I don't know at what point you missing so much well, <laughs> you miss x amount and it's like well that doesn't change really? that doesn't change the og factor. no it no, just changes no. the current status, yes you know it, it's more past i, th I think i was present. there week two the second week that the that uh quail springs even offered the glass dang yeah so so when we joined, it was kind of an interesting period because after a few months, a lot of people phased out into other classes yep, or whatnot. Yep, yep. And then, but now we've had this core group for almost two years. So uh, we've, we've been there. But when I came in, I remember just catching tail ends of references and even some conversation around chocolate chip cookie debate. Yep. Not a debate. There's no debate about it. There's right and wrong. Okay. <laughs> and I'm on the right. <laughs> So, would you like to hear the opinion? 
Yeah. Oh, okay. The people need to hear this, Caleb. How is a good steak cooked? A good steak? Yeah. You mean the process or to what no, is it cooked? No, just what, what's the consistency of a good steak? All right. You typically want a, a, a good crust. Yep. Okay. And, but you want a, you want a nice, you want a warm pink middle, right? That's yeah. juicy. That's flavorful. That's fair. And um, so, so you get a tiny bit of crunch um, on that outside when you bite into it and with a lot of the seasoning. And then you just get that tender, moist, delicious, wow, I want a steak right now. There you go. Cookies the same way. Okay. The same way. And there's skill to it. It's a skillful art. How do you make a cookie with a nice, just slight crunch on the bite, but still a nice warm hug in the middle? You know? Mm-hmm. That's, 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 that's a chef's skill. Society, I repeat, let me, let me make this right. Society as a whole severely undercooks their cookies. Okay? You, I don't want, if I wanted like, like a soup. <laughs> if I want, hey, if I wanted like a mashed potato consistency, I'm gonna eat mashed potatoes. Don't put it in cookie form. Hey, I got a story about brownie soup I that I think s- I could sell you on. In a now, I don't know because I don't want to slurp my cookies. Okay, I don't want to. Okay, I want to chew. That. I get that right. Yeah, I want a nice. You either want it, you either want it in cold cookie dough form or it's no. chewy. Well, yeah, sure. I'll, right, I'll, I'll, or, but you don't want you don't want that like partially cooked where it becomes gloop. Yeah, I don't. And you either want a fully cooked cookie or an uncooked, cold, hard, some consistency to it. Right, cookie dough. Yep, and and I, yeah. I agree with that. So I, when I bite a cookie, mm-hmm. I don't want to like drink it. Like <laughs> it's in my mouth. I'm drinking it. I, I I don't want that. I want a nice crunch, mm-hmm. a couple more chews. Yeah, some milk might complement it. Mm-hmm. Like you know, um, I, I'm a fan of this guy named Nick Bear. He's a fitness influencer. Okay, I thought you were going to say he was a chocolate chip cookie no, he's influencer. Not, he's a fitness influencer, but he makes supplements, BPN. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but one of the things he likes to eat, he calls sludge, right? Oh. And it's this, like, protein powder mixed with, like, milk and some mm-hmm. other stuff. And it's just this, like, sticky oh. consistency. And if you add milk to a gooey cookie in your mouth, I think sludge. Sludge is what you get? That's not what I want. Mm-hmm. I want a cookie, you know? So do you think... I'm curious about this because I've experienced this. I've cooked some cookies before, yeah. and out the gate, it's like they're gooey, mush. Can't pick them up, whatever. But cooling rack, give them an hour, cool off. Yep, and they finish out. Mm-hmm. So do you think there? Sometimes maybe people aren't letting them properly cool first. So do you think there's anything uh, to that? Because I, okay. I personally do. Yes. I think yes. sometimes. No. I think because I've done that where I've cooked cookies and I'm like, are they underdone? I was like, no, they're like kind of golden brown. Right. And then I just put them on the cooling rack and I come back in half an hour mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, it's hardened up a little bit, but it's still nice I, in the middle. I will admit that is part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, though, well, I, that, that is an occasional case, but majority of society undercooks their cookies. Now, mm-hmm. with that, a lot of people eat up their cookies uh-huh. when they eat them. They like warm cookies. Yeah, who doesn't? I am of the opinion. Um, I don't know if I want to be bold enough to say, mo- you know what? I'm going to be bold enough. We're saying mm-hmm. most foods uh-huh. are better cold. <laughs> most foods. Dude. Okay. Pizza. No. What? Not good pizza. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no, pizza. no, 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 no. You can't. Pizza has evolved. You cannot. You, I, I will not get like. A very classic 
like Pizza Hut, Domino's, oh, Little Caesars, which is a gross across the board, Papa John's. All those are arguably you can make that case for me. Fast food pizza, sure, but actual good pizza. Name a restaurant. Hideaway. Better cold. Pizzeria Gusto. Have I been there? I think I've been there. That one's super fancy, and you definitely don't want their pizza I cold. I think I've. Because they put the kind of cheese on it that like goes bad. Cold. Cold. No. Listen, hamburger? No. I used no. To think- no, 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 no. No. Absolutely. No, no, no. You're talking to someone who eats a burger every single day. No buns, but I eat a burger every single day. I used I- to think a hamburger was disgusting. Cold. Better cold. Uh, no. I eat boneless them- chicken wings, Hold which on, are really stop. chicken nuggets. I. No. I literally. You know what? I don't even like reheated burgers. Yeah, we heated burgers. Today, I did that for the first time, or I did that for the first time in a while, just because I was tired of having to clean and cook the pan every single time. I was like, I'll just cook some ahead of time. But generally, I will just cook just enough for that meal or that meal and like the next one, and I won't save it in the fridge because burgers are best fresh. You are wrong there. Well, no, no, no. okay, okay, okay. I I will amend that one too. Burgers are better cold than reheated but a fresh burger is by far the better mm. I'll, I'll that now if, now if you're smart you slightly undercook a burger that you know oh, i'm way away you slightly undercook a burger that you know you're you are going to reheat and eat later and so it's slightly undercooked and then you reheat it and it actually just finishes cooking Maybe. that's high level burger it's still not amazing and it's still you still need to add cheese honey and a little bit of flake salt and then really it's no, still avocado yeah, no, and and then I think a reheated burger is totally fine, but still, I I I I would rather have a reheated than a cold burger. Okay, but the number one food that's better cold, number one, ice cream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of. <has> to <laughs> I was trying to throw you off. Boneless chicken wings, which or are really just nuggets. nuggets. Yep, mm-hmm. I'm glad we agree on that. But they they are. But cold. I will still eat them. The only reason I'm ever glad anyone ever orders boneless wings mm-hmm. at a restaurant when i'm around because i get embarrassed because they're not really wings yeah because when my wife orders them and i know she's gonna bring some you home, go head down <laughs> yeah like, i go head down oh, look away. Wings. i like it when my wife orders them mm-hmm. because i know there's gonna be some in the fridge and i can wake up and eat them for breakfast <sighs> i just don't no dude you're uh, trust me have you ever tried it no, I reheat them. No, I like no, 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 dude. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm not Cold? even kidding. Yes, but I'm now, open to ranch. trying that. Eat them one. with ranch. Yes. Yeah, it's even. It's even better. I'm telling okay. you. Okay. It's good, especially just, barbecue. Now I don't know. I just really wings, come to love good fresh cooked food, and there's nothing like it. That I mean, yeah. I I don't. Yeah, a little half hearted. <sighs> yeah, no, absolutely. Most give me well, give me fresh cooked anything. And it is bet, and that is well, the best way to have it. Okay, okay. Name one thing that not fresh cooked is not its best See, form. I'm talking like you sat down. Oh, they just finished cooking this. Not it was Applebee's, and they let the chicken <laughs> sit in hot water for an hour, and then someone orders that chicken. Well, okay, I gotta say, when I made the initial claim in my head, I was kind of thinking more reheated versus cold. Okay, but. Because you just said cold, I and know, I was like, I, oh, like, I, I, kinda, I kind of misrepresented. Cold, although pizza argue, it's on the verge, but pizza boneless argue. wings. Okay, or in my opinion, I would prefer them cold. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd so, prefer a day old boneless wing mm-hmm. out of the refrigerator than a fresh. fresh. Okay, well that's interesting because um, one of the mainstay listeners, Connor, uh, I'm curious to know your thoughts because. 
Um, he's a wing guy. And Respect. Yeah. So he, I'm, I'm, and I, he's definitely had leftovers before. So I don't know what he thinks on that. He'll give me feedback whenever he gets to listen to this. Well, now I got to say. He will actually listen to this, unlike some people in this room. Traditional, well, dude, with with some of the cold pizza talk I'm hearing over here, I don't know if I got to. Look, I will, stand by, a, I, I will stand by if you have like Pizzeria Gusto Pizza, which people don't know what that is. It's essentially uh, modern, like, uh, what do they call it? Brick fire oven, fire brick oven, whatever. They, they blast it for 90 seconds and it cooks the pizza. So it's like scorched in good ways. Um, and, and so it's a little bit, we'll call it higher end pizza. It, to me, it absolutely has to be fresh, but like cold, I wouldn't even do it. Cause and that crust too is too thin where all the ingredients overnight would soak and make it too soggy and gross. And, but that, that's it. But generally I could see why every, every other pizza would probably be just as good. if not better cold. That's fair. But now traditional wings, not better cold. Because the but they, the meat sticks to the bone too much. Yeah. You can't get the meat off. Mm-hmm. You can barely do that as is. Now, one more tangent. I know we're running out of time. No, right? running out of time. Dude, I live here. You're the one who has to drive <laughs> back to the country. Back to Jones. Back to good back old to Jones. Good old the Jones. middle of Oklahoma. Yep. Literally. Amen. Uh, so, you know, there's the big debate. Is water wet? And you'll, you'll get why I'm going here in just All a right. second. I've also addressed this once upon a time in a very brief note. Okay. Uh, well, can you remind me you've addressed on the podcast? Mm-hmm. Oh, can you refresh my, you refresh my memory? I'll tell I, you this. My, my kind of cop out answer is I think these questions are kind of annoying and stupid and just semantic games, but in general, um, yes, water would be wet because water is what causes wetness. And so it's an inherent part of water that it is itself wet, but I can see where people could semantically argue that. Wetness is a factor of water being on something, and water can't be on itself. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but no, wetness is water, and so water is wet. Yes. Okay. So I say yes. I think it's a dumb question, and then I move on with my day. So I'll, g- I'll give you my brief, uh, like initial opinion on it, and then something I learned that may have changed my opinion. Oh, here we go. So I would always say water is wet because I heard in some philosophy class I had to take a philosophy class, and it was and like, this is what they talked about in the philosophy. No, class. but it was like it was like things have properties uh-huh right but the in, properties in programming don't make the things in I programming see. you have properties on things mm-hmm. right so we'd have a property called wetness or something mm-hmm. in programming and so to be able to pass that property something has to inherit from something mm-hmm. they have to inherit the wetness like so the water would have the property wetness mm-hmm. and then if something water goes on to something that property would come with it so mm-hmm. the water would have to be wet mm-hmm. if that makes sense yep but I was watching a Joe Rogan with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, no. And they talked about this? No, they did not. Good. He said, okay, how do microwaves work? They emit um, radioactive waves that heat things up, and it heats up the water within things. It heats up the water within things. If you pulled out a cooked chicken breast out of your fridge right now, would you say that's, that's wet? Yeah. You wouldn't say, you'd take a bite of it and go, man, that's a nice, juicy, wet chicken breast. Yeah, there's water in chicken, bro. Okay, no, no, no. If you cooked a chicken breast uh-huh. and you put it in your fridge for like two days uh-huh. and you pull it out, your, your opinion of it, your comment on it is, wow, that's nice and wet. Cold and wet. No, dude, it's dry. You're going, gosh, this dries the desert. Let me get some sauce. I don't so I do that. The, well, here's the problem. It's I don't, the driest thing in the world. Here's it's the thing. Horrible. 
I don't do that, and so I don't know. I'm I'm assuming well, here. I well, could be look. I could be a bold. I could be a bold faced liar right now. I don't. You know what? Let me back that up. I don't know. Okay. Well, Probably let, not. Let me lie maybe. You. Let me lie you. You it apparently have eaten dry. Yeah, I've tried. I try everything cold. It is dry <laughs> and miserable. Okay, it's miserable. That should just be a YouTube channel or a TikTok <laughs> page of just try trying everything, everything cold. cold. Miserable, but it heats up. <laughs> so it has. So it's wet. It has water in it. Or no, yeah. so it, there's moisture it heats in up, it. So it has water in it. Yeah. But I wouldn't call it wet. Well, because even though you, it has, you the know, water when you put things it. in the fridge. They, unless they're vacuum sealed, moisture builds on them because of like, and, and the condensation happens like, like anything ever, right? When you cool it in the fridge or yep. things get frost on it in the freezer. But, yeah. So. But eventually after the fridge so much, there's no like condensation. It's just, it's just yeah. dry piece mm-hmm. of chicken, but, but it heats up. So there's water in it, yeah. but I wouldn't describe it as wet. I describe it as dry. Yeah. So then I'm like, but man, the, water, the weird, water, water, water. no, but the weird thing about your chicken example is the problem is chicken is a dry food. Like it's very hard to cook good moist chicken. Like I rarely describe chicken as moist. And if I do, it's an anomaly. That is a wonderful day. That is a good point. And so generally people overcook chicken and you cook it and it chicken dries out a lot. That is good. And so I think it's a bad example. It well always has water in it though. Yeah. And you say it dries out some level of water, but you say it dries out. Yes. it, It is described as dry. In the sense of like, but wow, this is dry. There's not a lot of no because there's it's not it's not moist, but it has something. water in it. Yes, but you wouldn't describe it as wet. No. So how is water wet? See, and this is why <laughs> I'm, just I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm this is this kidding. is why this is because it okay. So technically speaking, yes, you could describe it as wet because there's still retaining moisture in it, but its level of wetness is so low <laughs> that it would be described as dry compared to its uncooked form. Or its previous form, right? It's like, okay, if I, I have water in my cup right now, right? The inside of that is wet. I could, but then I could, if I finish drinking the water, say, wow, this cup is empty. Is it really empty? No, there's still water on the inside of that cup. And the inside of that cup is still wet, but it is drier than it was when it was full of water. And so in perspective of, uh, in reference to that, it is dry. Right, I appreciate, like, I appreciate that. Dave. Right, like forty percent humidity versus eighty percent humidity. Wow, this area, this place is dry. Yep. No, there's still humidity in the air. There's moisture present, but it's less moisture comparatively speaking to maybe what you're used to or adapted to. And so, it's dry. Right, that's fair. And so that. the chicken has water in it clearly because it heats up in the microwave. Because on some level, everything virtually has, has some water. level of water. Yep, and so. This is why I hate that question because people try and do little gotchas like that. Whoa, not that was you. a little gotcha. Yeah, it is. It's a semantic game. No, I am wondering why this dry piece of chicken that I'm eating is heating up in the microwave. <laughs> gets affected by water. It's because it's, it's not to. Well, it's, a, it's a confusion thing. I'm well, confused. The only things that are totally devoid of moisture are MREs and astronaut food, and we've all seen those shriveled now have you ever it's chalk yeah that's fair yeah like the ice cream sandwiches i got when i was a kid and went to the when it was still called the omniplex and and it's like it's space food it's like (laughs) so (laughs) gross but you like it because you're a kid and you want to be an astronaut so that's the same because those things are truly dehydrated completely right just like beef jerky and even beef jerky still a lot of beef like jack links i I don't like their beef jerky i like og beef jerky it's dry and crunchy and 
stupid part. I don't like yep. the moist stuff. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Kind of gross. Yeah. Um, kind of yeah. So when you think about it, really, to be completely devoid of moisture would mean you're completely dehydrated food. And so there's always going to be some form of water, even though it could be described as a dry food, meaning it, it like you need to drink some water with it because it's cooked so much that most of the water is gone. And so the, 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 the tenderness is gone, you right. know, That's like fair. well done steak. You're like, this is tough. This is yeah. dry, right? Well, it's not really dry. It's still very juicy actually, but it's just cooked to a point where it's now a lot tougher and it comes across as dry as compared to what you want a steak to be. That's fair. So yeah, water's still wet. I accept it. Chicken's still wet. I accept it. Because these, oh wow. I hadn't thought about that question <laughs> in a long time. I always like to throw it out just to mix, you know, just to stir up some, uh, yeah, some, some controversy, some rumpus, get people yeah. real pissed off. That's yeah. the most, that's the most of an answer you will ever get out of me on those types of questions. <laughs> like I remember when that came out and that was going viral and everyone's trying to ask it. And I was like, this is dumb. Dumb semantic game. I'm not going to get riled up in this because it's stupid. That's fair. And then, uh, and then here we are. Well, you know, I mean, how better to end a conversation about pyramids, mm-hmm. David Goggins, living in the country, cookies, country, discipline, discipline, Grandpa Gary, Grandpa Gary, the Eye of Sauron, the Eye of Sauron, which I will be greeted by on my way home tonight. <laughs> No, okay, so for the listeners, I've been to your house, and you took us into your master bedroom, yep. or bathroom, and, yep. you, and you have this awesome window, and you're like, this is so great, except... Dude, literally, yeah. Middle, it shines in, and you guys, like, talk about, <laughs> if you get up in the middle of the night to go, you're, like, blinded. Dude, it, first, it, so it's a double whammy, because mm-hmm. first, you get up, you go to the bathroom, it blinds you, right? Then you're leaving, and it puts a shadow. By the way, just for the listeners... This is, it's 20 acres of property. It's probably, I don't know, like 10 acres away. No, well, I know it's a qu- at least a quarter mile away. Because I measured it. It's that far? It's that far. It will far. imprint my shadow onto my blinds, and it scares me. You think walking in there out of my Dude, I'm walking out my bathroom like, oh my gosh, someone's outside of my window. It's not. It's my shadow from Grandpa Gary's light a quarter mile away. Every night, a little dose, micro-dosing trauma for yep. yourself. Yep. Making yourself paranoid. Then yep. you're going to get your own light on the uh, outside that other window yep. because that shadow makes you paranoid that someone's always outside. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, uh, incredible. We don't need stars. <laughs> no, not when Grandpa Gary <laughs> has a star. He has the star. He grabbed one out of the sky, <laughs> put it on his power, had the OG and he rig it up on his power pole, and you got your own star. Yeah. It's a Grandpa Gary star. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. We had a lot of fun. Just over two sure hours. Did. Good conversation. I know. Anyone who's listened this far, kudos to you. Kudos Longer to you. Longer than I've listened. <laughs> if, if, if you listen to just this episode. <laughs> You've listened to more of this Whoa. podcast than are you than Caleb has ever no. listened, which just proves to you you don't have to be a listener to be on this podcast. I think I've listened. I'm a to generous. I'm like Xerxes in, in 300. <laughs> I'm a generous god king, right? I think I listened to two or three episodes. Yeah, you said one was about sports. You know, I can. They shoot. were very early episodes. That's real early. I I quit doing sports episodes. Let's see. When did you start this podcast? 20, no, 2018. You, okay. I want to say it was. 20, I didn't know you then. It was either. I, I want to say it was, I was married. 
I want to say it was... Jeez, I'm only in the 300s. I've done a lot of episodes. I want to say I, I listened to them in either Book late 2020 or early 2021. Yeah, because I think that's when we did. Yeah, or, no, there's college football, NFL, all the sports, and that's in late 2021. Well, there you go. Okay, late 2021 or early 2020. Mm-hmm, into 2021, I was still kind of- doing them. And then, let's see, sports in November, sports in December. Did it dip into 2022? Oh, no, no, no. It didn't dip into 2022 because I... That's when we were, um, yeah, that's when I switched a lot of stuff up. Switched up the logo. That's when we hit the Nomad Life. We're living in Denver. So, yeah, things changed a lot. And then I started doing fun stuff, like book reviews and whatnot. But, mm hmm. Yeah, man. Well, any final thoughts? Nope. I can say this to the listeners. Let's send <laughs> in. Let's, send, let's, let's get that chocolate chip cookie feedback, folks. Let's talk about this. All Correct right. Correct answers only. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you said the correct answer is only. Oh, no. And, and then you I would stopped. only like to read correct answers, correct which answers. is that a nice crunchy outer shell. Okay. Mixed with just a warm gooey hug in the middle. Oh, so what's the, how do you get that? Oh, I don't, I'm not very good at cooking. Oh my. <laughs> hey, listen. No, 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 no. You care so much about this. You, and you don't, can't even bring you, the people a simple 375 listen, at listen. what? At, you don't have to be one. Gordon Ramsay to appreciate good food. Okay? No, no. But if you care this much about it, I figured you would maybe have done some. Look, you apparently just eat everything cold um, <laughs> once at least. And, um, and if, you, if you have this deep of an opinion on the chocolate chip cookie, I figured you would have maybe experimented on how to get that cookie. You know? No, you just nope. <laughs> live life in constant disappointment. Well, I mean, like, a good way to like get... Have in- you ever made the perfect chocolate chip cookie? Have <sighs> you ever... Or even gotten close? I, I'd say gotten close. You know, look, if, you, if you're making a cookie and you start seeing, you know, the edges getting mm-hmm. just... Toasted brown, just slightly brown, right? Pull those bad boys out. Let them cool. You're going to have a pretty decent cookie. Uh-huh. So have you ever had, not made, but have you even ever had what you would describe as your ideal chocolate chip cookie? Yeah. I mean, there, there have been a couple, like, uh, I feel like I'm going to be judged for this. Yeah, probably. I think, I think welcome I'm, welcome to being on a podcast, dude. I think I'm going for it anyways. You know how many dumb things well, I've I'm said judged on this? By, I think I'm judged by you, not the people. Probably. <laughs> uh. Some Subway cookies have hit the mark. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. And anyone who would say... And aren't those bigger, too? Or no, they're regular no, 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 size. They're, yeah. they're bigger. They're bigger. Oh, okay. They're bigger. They're bigger. I mean, not like huge. Oh, like, no. It's been a while, but I've had Subway. They, you know what? Subway cookies are always good. good. They're good. You know, it's crazy since being carnivore and all this stuff. I can't tell you. I used to eat Subway regularly. I cannot tell you the last time I went to Subway. I don't even crave it. Really? I'm like, I drive by and I'm like, no thanks Dude. dog well yeah with the i used to eat tons of fast food still eat some mm-hmm. but i did that little stint mm-hmm. of animal diet and i'm and a lot of my cravings just went away yeah it's they incredible went away. they'll come back don't worry oh they, they already did because <laughs> i switched back and then they already came oh actually before we close brown i never got to brownie soup you said you don't want your cookies to be soup i Let don't me... want my brownies to be soup either shh, shh, shh. Let me let me give you a little tale here. All right, listeners, stick with us for a little bit longer. If you haven't heard the brownie soup story, it's worth it. So I'm, we're we're hanging out. It's me, um, my best friend and his wife, and then uh, my sister. And we're up at my parents' house in Enid, and 
uh, she, my sister Rachel was like, Hey, I want to make some brownies. Right. And it's a smaller yeah. square pan. So I don't, I'm bad with sizes, maybe eight by eight or whatever, you know, but it's a square sure. pan, right? Okay. You know, not your typical like nine by 13 right, like typical brownie pan. A, yep. And she bought like the double fudge brownies or the, or, or something. Okay. So like the, the extra good brownie packet. Yep. And then she didn't want her brownies to be, she wanted them to be good, solid brownies. She wanted to be sure they were good, like thick boys, solid, good, yep. fudgy brownies. Yep. So she doubled that recipe <laughs> in the tiny pan. Okay. So, and, and those eight by eight pans, are maybe, you know, two, two and a half inches Not tall. Super, yep. And it went to the, to the so, brim. Yeah. So it was, it was to the top. Right. And so she cooks them for a while. Toothpick comes out clean, which is the test. Yep. And then we go and like sweet go and brownies and it's, and it's got the nice crust and I go to cut a brownie and I cut through that top crust and then it's just basically like partially cooked, but still basically brownie batter, Brush like chocolate warm, sauce. <laughs> warm, but it, but it has like enough of a brownie shell and and we just die laughing and and my friend Seth dubs it brownie soup he's like uh Rachel what we did not get were brownies but we got brownie soup and he was stoked i was stoked ended up being an incredible meal meal dessert and it got dubbed brownie soup and we had a great laugh about it and it was actually delicious why because here's why love brownies love licking the bowl after the brownie of okay. the brownie batter, okay. right? Well, marriage. Now, essentially, you get both of those at the same time, but instead of brownie batter that's room temperature and maybe sometimes is a little bit grainy because yep. it's on the wall of the bowl yep. and yep. Yep. you got some of the it's 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 all mixed well and okay. it's warm and gooey and you and and the 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 outer shell of that's an actual regular brownie, um, a layer of brownie kind of makes it so you can actually you still need arguably a spoon sure. but you could probably get by with a fork and actually eat it without having to like it's not it's not full-blown soupiness there's enough right. texture there even consistency it's a sockwood it's a what sockwood like a solid and a liquid oh okay dude you know i have another tangent <laughs> hold on anyways anyways save it save it save it so brownie soup was born Yep. And don't get me wrong, I made brownies the other day, and I wanted regular brownies. Right, right, right. But brownie soup, nice occasional, is a one. magical thing. Okay, I respect that. I respect unlike, that. unlike I, where I can see where you don't like it with a cookie, brownie soup was dope. Well, you know, it was my, next level. Here's my problem with the cookie mm-hmm. thing: is like, like you said, like the brownie thing. You know, you'd prefer normal mm-hmm. brownies, yeah. but like the occasional whatever. Yeah. All of society <laughs> undercooks cookies. <laughs> It's not, it's not a mm. occasional oops mm-hmm. mishap. It's a, this is the way of life this for most people. This is the people. standard and it's wrong. Yes. I can yeah, get behind that's, that. That's my problem with it. Oh, that. you want to know how the toothpick came out clean? It went in that goop and it got all goopy. And then, but oh, then the there was enough of a crust <laughs> that it cleaned it. Cause Rachel was shocked. She was like, I pulled the toothpick and it was that clean. Is- she showed me the toothpick. And I, and, and then I was like. There was enough of a brownie layer. She just, just wiped it, it clean. Yes. <laughs> and she got fooled. She said, my sister has had some interesting cooking stories. I need to have her on and we can just talk about those sometime. Like one time, like don't talk to her when she's putting together a recipe. She will get distracted and something will get off. Like oh, tripling the oil or something like that in brownies. And they were hella moist. <laughs> 
Oh, but yeah, that's oh. brownie soup. Brownie soup. Good stuff. All right. I won't let you explore that last tangent. What was it about? Just tell me what it was about. I can't remember. We can wrap, we can wrap oh, up. We'll wrap I, it I can't remember. We actually will wrap it 10 minutes after we initially started trying to wrap it. So thank you to everyone who made it this far. If you did, like we said earlier, you've listened to more of this podcast than Caleb has just by listening to this episode. Uh, well, you, whoa, whoa, whoa. Have I listened to this episode? Technically? By the time it came out? No, I mean, like, no. I mean, I experienced, I'm doing, making the episode, so have I listened to the episode? I know you like semantic game, <laughs> games here, so. I will, having a conversation, you'll remember some of the conversation, and I don't really listen to, I've listened to some episodes, but we'll count it. We'll count it. Let's go. Because it takes, it takes way more effort to come here, to sit down, and to have this conversation than it does to just go on your phone, go to the podcast page, and listen to a podcast. So this can count for several episodes even, like three, Let's four. Let's go! No more than five, but three to five. We can count it for that. So, yeah, but no. Uh, oh, here can be my final question, because a lot of people are nervous and feel weird about this. Yeah. How was it? What'd you think? Dude, a lot of fun just hanging with my homie Not guys. hard. No, not hard at all. Not hard. I, uh, it's, it's weird because, you know, we talk about my social anxiety or whatever. One on one, like stuff mm-hmm. like this with like friends. Yeah. I'll enjoy it. Yeah. Because there's no, none of that unknown stranger danger type right. mindset. Plus I have a lot of like hot takes, you know, mm-hmm. you do, you do. And that's why we get along so well. <laughs> that's why I love it. I'm like, I love it. When I come into class and Caleb's there, I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm ready for a hot take. fun today. <laughs> Let's go. Um, what was the other question? Oh, is this your first podcast to be on? My first podcast. Yes. It's two for two right now. Gabe's first. You're first. My first. Keep it coming. My first so, time. Yeah. Get people on here, though. I'd like to make this more regular just to have people on, have repeat offenders like yourself um, back on. I think that'd be fun to almost do it like maybe 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 one episode a week. But if I if I could have it that frequently, but even just a few times a month where it's like have someone come sit down and they're just here and. I didn't even get to the stuff I wanted to talk about. I'll save that for Wednesday, but, um, and cause that happens so much, but yeah. So thank you everyone to li- for, thank you. Wow. For listening this far, you are a trooper. You deserve to come on the podcast and you might even get a double listen for listening to this episode specifically. Let's get your takes on. Let's see. What did we talk about? Cookies. Everything? Huh? Cookies. Definitely cookies. That matters. Discipline. Brownie soup, cold food, discipline and self-talk, fat shaming. Uh, climate change pyramids <laughs> who built the pyramids look take your pick of an answer all right now shane i know old man shane i know it may be overloading let's just do it so you don't know about this because you don't listen to the podcast oh, but wow. shane he's super old um and we love to make fun of him for it but the only way that he will give me feedback on the podcast is via snapchat i re-downloaded snapchat just, just because he wouldn't text me he wouldn't I don't know, do anything at Facebook and whatever. He uses Snapchat and he kept bugging me about it. I was like, get on Snapchat. Cause we'd be hanging out and he snaps with our other friends and I haven't had Snapchat for years. And he's just like, dude. And he starts talking about something. He's like, Oh yeah, that's right. You're on Snapchat. And then he got real into the podcast and he would talk about it. And he's like, dude, you need to get Snapchat. That's the way I communicate. And so I had to re-download Snapchat. And as he, it's the most inefficient way to get <laughs> podcast feedback because I either, I've started out just playing him on the speaker. He didn't like that. <laughs> it's almost, that's almost government status of inefficiency. You know? uh, yeah. 
Well, it disappears. And so then I have to remember it immediately, Ah. write it down or just be like, I'm just going to see what I can remember and see how this goes. But it is it is pretty funny because he's just kind of ranting. He'll just like pause it and in his car and just like (laughs) I just I get the raw real take. So I enjoy it. But yeah, Shane, if it's too many questions, just pick one. You don't have to pick them all. So uh, your snaps are long enough. But thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Caleb, for being here. Thanks for having me. Hopefully we'll be back again. I would love to have everyone's feedback on anything we talked about. Also, um, if anyone is slightly interested in coming on ever, it's not that scary. I've now had several people confirm that. It's very easy. It's a lot of fun. And no, you don't have to do two hours. And I'm sure we could have done three hours. Um, Some people, it's like tight 40 minutes and they're good or an hour and they're tapped out. And that's fine. So whatever it may be. But make sure to share this around. Actually listen to it, unlike Caleb. And... Leave a review, follow us on social media for new episodes, and tune in next time. But that'll do it for us here on the Rambling Viking. This time, this is your head Honyok and the death Honyok. That's your term because you don't listen to the show. Um, <laughs> but now you're a part of the show. That's fair. Oh. Anyways, that's us. We're signing off. Bye. Bye.